Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Coogan Nation. Time to rise and shine and start your day with Duval Sports Media Big Steppers. Dan Hickett. You know it! Jeff Prosser. It's a big deal. Gosh, it sure is a big deal. And E to the T. E.T. is in the booth. <laughs> <laughs> Rise, hey, shine, Googans, go time on a Monday morning. It's the Monday morning quarterback. Man, where'd that weekend go, man? Can we get a three-dayer, maybe? Huh? Set one of those up. Oh, no relief for a while. Uh, good morning. Thanks for being up and Adam with us. It is the Monday morning quarterback, divorce, menonly.com. I always get this initial excitement as a Jaguars fan because it seems, and this hasn't been the case so much of late, but it seems like we're always up against the cap. You feel me? E.T., good morning, my brother. How was your weekend? South Passe, like yeah. you said, man, weekend went too, it's too, yeah, too quick. Yeah, too quick. How did our high school teams do, you know? You, you, yes. You, you hit anything up? Okay. Jackson is on to the Final Four. Okay. I went to Providence and Episcopal. Man, I ain't never seen a basketball game like that, Jeff. For it was re- packed. For real. Man, we, were every, we were standing on a baseline. You, you were at Providence or at? It was at Providence. At Providence. It was Episcopal against Providence. Yeah, yeah. Providence won. Okay. How much did they get them by? Uh, I think it was like a 12-point game. Okay. It was uh, packed, though, huh? It was, bo- nice. <laughs> it was booming in there. Two good programs. Two so good. That, that end, those, we had a couple of those Episcopal kids here on the, uh, uh-huh. on the high school. KJ report. and uh, Grady. Yeah, Schwartz. Brian Schwartz's son. Yeah. Um, but the, Providence was too strong. So they go on to the four. They go on to the four. I think Bishop Kenny's girls. Okay. They're going to the four. It yeah. I don't mean to leave anybody out. Right. I was we just, uh, just can't we catch have, everybody. We'll, we'll get it all uh-huh. uh, uh, cleared up for you as we move through the week. But yep. congrats to all those kids, and congrats to the ones who's sadly their seasons come to a close, especially you seniors. Um, you'll you'll look back on it. It'll forever be fun. Yep. Right, E.T., right? Oh, man. You don't realize it while you're doing it. <laughs> right. But, yeah, but, but yeah, what a – uh, what a time in your life for all you young athletes. All right, uh, let me get back now to where I was going to start with. I always get this like um, this this misplaced sense of excitement or optimism when I see that the salary cap is going to be jacked way up by the NFL because I figure, okay, all right, we got money to spend now. But then you realize, well, look, it goes up the same for everybody. So you're going to be in the same spot you were when it comes to paying players. The big winner here are the players. Every time that salary cap gets boosted, it's that much more. It's that percentage going to to your roster. So, you know, I, I don't know if this big jump in the salary cap, it was it, it is, by the way, the biggest that the NFL has ever seen. $30 million increase per club in this year's salary cap. <laughs> Think about that. A half a million dollars a man. Uh, Josh Allen going to get the whole 30. No kidding. Um, so the Jaguars who were, I believe, somewhere between 11 and 14 over, I guess now they'd be 44 over, but I don't know if it really changes anything because it just applies itself to, to across the league, even after the increase, uh, the Jags will be sitting at, uh, I'm sorry, $24 million in available cap space. That's still just number 18 in the NFL and way behind our other three compatriots in the AFC South. It helps, but teams, as they make their plan, know there's going to be a rise in the cap. Maybe not to this extent. Um, But this extra money is... You know, still, I guess, somewhat significant, but when everyone else has it, 
it's just going to drive up the price point around the league so that the, the, the franchise tag numbers, those will go up as players now start to reap the benefits of this huge salary. I wish I could. I want to say the first salary cap was like a $104 million. ET, Google machine for me bright and early here. Yeah, let's get that thing uh, 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 kicked in. Vroom. Vroom. Okay, Google machine's running. Um, the first ever salary cap when it was instituted. Get that number for me, please. I think it was probably in the mid-90s, maybe, the first time we had a salary cap. Perhaps even a little bit earlier than that. I wouldn't be surprised if it's less than $100 million. You ready for the grand total as we uh, uh, add it up here? The grand total for the NFL salary cap per team now, $255 million. The very first salary cap uh, in 1994 was set at 34 million. 34 million. <laughs> wow, I was way under. Think about that. In 19, this is basically when the Jags came into the league, the salary cap per team. Now, granted, it's been 30 years, but still, the the rest of the uh, life hasn't mimicked this uptick. I mean, this is like on the you know the Bitcoin stock line. Wow, from thirty-four million to two hundred and fifty-five million in thirty years. Two hundred and twenty million dollar increase since the Jags came into the league. So look, as as fans, we certainly know that this standby. I've been battling a cold. Am I the only one? My whole family's got it. The allergies are tearing yeah, me I up. Just, I don't know if this this was. I think we got a cold, cold, but we'll see. I feel I don't feel terrible, but it's still lingering there, um, just a little bit. At the end of the day, the winner though, with the players, they're going to the ones that are going to get all this cash, and the the incredible popularity of the NFL is just, they're just printing money, aren't they? And even as a community sport. Uh, support the franchise guy. That's my mentality. I, I think the Jaguars bring a lot more to Jacksonville than Jacksonville offers the Jaguars, quite frankly. But, buddy, when you see this kind of money going around, it is kind of like, eh, yeah, right? You need help, huh? Y'all need some help with some of these buildings? <laughs> uh, we shall see. So there is the cap. The question now becomes, with that franchise, that franchise tag's got to go out this week, no? Uh we got like four or five days left, Man. and that thing's got to be uh, put in place. So I, I can't imagine with the team now, I would assume, just about in full force at Indianapolis for the Combine. The fun part where we start paying attention doesn't come until the on-field workouts begin. That's later in the week, Thursday, I think. But I do know they start showing up today uh, for the interviews. The interviews are important. They limit them. Is it 20, 25 maybe they get while they're there? So they will meet with a variety of, um, you know, prospects. It's uh, certainly going to be a lot harder to predict, I think, where the Jaguars will go with that 17th pick because they have a variety of needs. And there are there are players with, with similar ceilings and grades but very different positions all stacked around where the Jags pick at, at number 17. There's also some crazy wild cards that are in play. I, I continue to see, you know, Brock Bowers falling down there about where the Jags pick. Tight end is not on our radar at all, but, buddy, if Brock Bowers falls to 17, I might have to come up with a plan B. 
As for the point, though, I, I don't, you know, how, how much are they working on Josh Allen's contract while they're doing this? I think they're fully prepared just to slap the. It seems like when, since Trent Balky belatedly met the media after the season ended and declared Josh will be a Jaguar, it seemed like the starting point for any kind of negotiating would be the cap, right? You throw the cap on there early in the process, and then we'll see if we can't get a deal done moving forward. That's what they did with Ingram. And they went right down to the wire, right? Remember with Ingram? I mean, we went right down to the wire where we were trying to imagine if he would just play on the cap or if they would get a deal done. And by the way, there's a lot of financial maneuvering to be done. How they set these things up. Sometimes it might be better to play under the cap or put them under the cap for now, but with the assurance or the plan to, you know, change that. I think though, if you sign up playing that cap, you're not. What was? Remember the rule? E. There was a rule that if you if you if you get to the deadline of the cap and and you're still under the cap, there's like a moratorium where you're not allowed to do a deal, or there'd be no deadline for the for right. the for it's the like a time frame or yeah, something. Not right? the cap, the tag. I mean. Right, there's some sort of time frame of there's a deadline for making that franchise tag a long-term deal. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. So, uh, anyway, I, I think the you know thought around the league now is that Allen will get that franchise tag, probably going to be about 24 million. Boy, what a difference! Ingram's was like nine or ten, I think. Yeah, it was. <laughs> yeah, it was up down there. Yeah. Just 26 years old. Obviously, Allen had a career year last year, and I do mean career. 17 and a half sacks, another 33 quarterback hits, forced a couple fumbles, even had a had a uh, interception. How's this for a contract here? His tackles for loss, sacks, and quarterback hits were all career high numbers last year. That dude is not strike me as the type who tried harder to get a contract. <clears throat> I think what we are seeing is the evolution of Josh Allen, the superstar. And again, he's, he's hitting his prime. It's why I would say his numbers went up. He's hitting his prime. He is in the prime position. Uh, the cynics who think Josh Allen will get a big deal and go back to six and a half sacks. Yeah. I'll do a roll and I'll do a roll and board bet every year. He's under contract with the over under on sacks being double digit 10. I'll do it. I'll do it right now. And when they sign, I think Josh Allen next year, I have 13 sacks. Or whatever the number is. I think he'll be just as big a factor uh, as he has been. Let's um, let's certainly hope so. Played last year on the fifth-year option. Okay, the fun with figures. The franchise tag probably going to be $24 million. You know what his fifth-year option number was last year? $10 million. So, boom, just like that, going to double it. What a bunch of fantastic finishes in sports yesterday. None more so than in Atlanta, where NASCAR raced. And, uh, buddy, couldn't help but be a little bit jealous that we didn't see that kind of action and finish at Daytona the week before. We'll get into that when we come back on the other side just a little bit. Got lots of NFL news. Uh, News and notes from the Combine. I'll kind of set the table for you with... This very big week on the NFL calendar. The kickoff is going to die, isn't it? Slowly, but surely. Uh, you know, the, the kickoff is is going to die. So, it's a good thing Devin Hester got in the hall. I'm not going to start. 
It's a good thing Hester got in the hall. <laughs> this is the drill. All those stories and more as we get you up and rolling. So Monday morning quarterback, divorcemenonly.com. All right, we're back. The company you keep can say a lot about you. I use this in this particular case to describe the Florida Gator basketball team. Kind of a weird week for Florida. They went on the road. They lost in overtime. A heartbreaker at Alabama. A really good team. Alabama in the, quote, net rankings is uh, number, number six overall in the country. Then the Gators came home this weekend, uh, did what they were supposed to do, uh, did what they were supposed to do, an easy blowout near 20-point win over Vanderbilt. Uh, the irony of college basketball and competition is really Florida's overtime loss at Alabama in the middle of the week was probably more impressive than a 15-point win over Vanderbilt at home on Saturday just on the quality of the competition, which leads us to the company that we keep. I'll tell you one thing that's interesting about the net rankings. Again, the, these aren't the only thing used, but they certainly are a big, big factor. And it's just an NCAA marker of how the teams fare against how, you know, other teams and their level and how you expect them to, to, to fare. They do it by quad one, quad two, quad three, quad four. I'm not going to get to the specific breakdown of each, but they have to do with what a team's net ranking is. In other words, if you beat beat a neutral on a neutral floor, beat a top fifty team in the net ranking, you're going to get a quad one win. If that team is ranked fifty fourth and you beat them, it'd be a quad two win. If you beat a team that's in the top fifteen at home, you get a quad win win, a, a, a quad one win. If you beat a team in the top like thirty away from home, it'd be a quad one win. Anyway, they do one, two, three, and four. Obviously, quad ones are worth more. Florida's quad one op- uh, opponents this year have been Virginia, Pitt, Baylor, Wake Forest, Kentucky, Tennessee, Mississippi State, Texas A&M, Auburn, Alabama. They're quad twos, Georgia, Ole Miss, uh, Richmond, or at least the Georgia game on the road, the Georgia game at home, quad three. A lot of these SEC games have become quad three games and, and like – Wins over FSU, Michigan, Arkansas, Missouri, Georgia, LSU. A lot of years, those would be quad one or two this year. Uh, they're just quad three. What's interesting, though, is that the quad designation moves as the season goes on. And it takes into account your schedule as to what the teams are now, not necessarily what they were when you played them. And because of that, don't get used to seeing that like for a long time, Florida doesn't have any quad one wins. And then we went into this weekend, Florida was two and eight in the quad one category. They beat Vanderbilt, which, by the way, at home qualifies as a quad four win. That's how bad Vandy has been. Yet they picked up two more quad one wins this weekend. Pitt. One again, they're back into the top 50. So Florida's win on a neutral court becomes a quad one win. And Mississippi State that jumps into the top 30. A win over them earlier this year gives Florida another quad one win. Meanwhile, Ole Miss with a loss fell out of a quad one uh, category. 
But here's the, the, the company that you keep. There are only five teams, I'm sorry, six teams after the weekend that did not have a, forget their quad one record, did not have a loss in quad two, three, or four. And those teams are heavyweights, Houston, Purdue, UConn, Auburn, Baylor, San Diego State. That's the company that Florida has been keeping all year. Now, Florida now, sadly, has one quad two loss, but only because it had been a quad one loss until Ole Miss went in the tank. And so now losing at Ole Miss earlier this year, really the worst loss for Florida this year. Uh, after losing at Ole Miss, that had been considered a quad one loss. It's now a quad two loss. So Florida has uh, just one loss. It's not just about who you've beaten in quad one, but it's who you've failed to lose to in the lower levels. And until that shift in value of the Ole Miss loss, Florida was, along with Houston, Purdue, UConn, Auburn, Baylor, San Diego State, they were the only teams that had not lost outside of quad one. So um, you just got quadded to death there. You're welcome. The quads have spoken. Point is, Florida continues to do what they're supposed to do. Todd Golden's team continues to improve, and it is it is really starting to situate itself, not just whispers here where Gator fan has an idea of what they can be, but now nationally they're starting to get this taggy. This is one you'd love to have. That's, that's not a team you want to play, right? Oh, they're scary. Yeah, they're getting that. Yeah, oh, they're scary. Oh, that could be a dangerous team. Uh, scary and dangerous, and I don't understand why nothing's done about it. That is the storming of the court in basketball. This is a little different than storming the field in football. And, and I know the the you know the 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 split is different based on the crowd too. But first of all, half of a college football crowd is a bunch of old people. They ain't storming nothing. They're storming the you know Win Dixie on the way home to get some wine. All right. That's the mad rush for the older uh, segment. But between the young folks and the students, if they rush the field on a football game, they don't come anywhere near covering the playing surface, right? Not to mention football players are big dudes with protection on. This has become ridiculous the way they're letting them storm the court in basketball. And the worst case scenario finally played out this weekend at Wake Forest. Wake Forest beat Duke. Students stormed the court. Uh, the court. They swept the knee of Duke's best, not on purpose, of Duke's best player, who then had to be carried off the court. Not, not in the game, E. Not because he got tied up down on the baseline on the blocks trying to make a play. Kyle Filipowski got, got clipped when the fans at Wake Forest stormed the court, and the accent there is on storm. I don't understand all the debate. What can we do about this? What do you mean, what can we do about this? You post policemen around the court for a year and you arrest people that go onto the court. Problem solved. E, how many how many court storms you seen in the NBA lately? Yeah, they don't do that. that they zero. Now look, the the excitement, the atmosphere is not the same as the young college kids. You know, the answer is here, Kyle Filipowski's knee injury be damned. College basketball wants him storming those courts. They like the image. What's the first thing we see when a big upset happens? Oh, the kid's storming the court. But in this case, and you look at this one and, and the different angles, and you do see why it is prohibited or is supposed to be. 
You couldn't tell first he barely got him, but you know how it is, man. If you get clipped just in the right spot on that knee yep. when somebody's going by you, so I would imagine it's probably a bruise or a sprain. I'm not saying the ACL's out. Duke's lost their best player season over, but it's still still is not smart. And it, and, and it just seems, what happens when one of these kids falls and they get trampled to death? I mean, that doesn't sound like that's super dramatic to me. Sounds like that's very plausible, in fact. The Shazam Spotlight is brought to you by ShazamAuto.com. I don't know if I've ever seen this before. So it's certainly Shazam-worthy. Truck guy here in the Dale Murray uh, and the Murray Ford Superstores. Boy, they tighten me up. I took that drive down to, to Stark a couple summers ago. I had the best uh, experience. It looked and drove some different stuff and just ended up exactly with what I wanted. And the customer service since then has been spot on, uh, spot on top shelf. They'll trade anything. That, that, that fun-loving personality you hear on those commercials here, it's exactly what you get with Dale Murray, who's kind of a local guy, but Stark, Kingsland, also down in Stark, a Murray for a Murray Superstore, um, with the other brands. So, see my friends at the Murray Ford Superstores and the sponsors of the Shazam Spotlight. Go to ShazamAuto.com. Listen, it's always kind of a feel-good, at least for a while, storyline when a player returns to where he started and was great, right? There's there's usually a pretty defined line. In other words, I'll give you the perfect example. When Freddie Freeman came back to Atlanta for the first time, in pregame, they gave him a big applause. He stepped out, literally brought him to tears. You know, he has his at bat. By the end of the game, you know, they're booing the dude. And if he makes an out, they're cheering, right? That's how fans work. That's great. We love you. Here's a, a tip of the cap. Here's a standing ovation for everything that you've done for us. But now we can move on. Hit a little different in Chicago last night. This time in hockey. There's a superstar, future Hall of Fame player in hockey. His name's Patrick Kane. He was the number one overall pick by the Chicago Blackhawks back in the day and then helped the Blackhawks win probably, I'm not hockey historian here, but probably three Stanley Cup titles. He has since moved on to play for the Detroit Red Wings. Well, as the Sunday schedule had it, the Red Wings were in Chicago last night. So that gives all kinds of cool matchups. The Blackhawks right now, as a rookie, have the number one pick from a year ago, and he has a high ceiling, and Connor Bedard has is, is played up to it at this point. But the storyline, there's actually a third storyline. They retired the jersey of Chris Chelios, who was a captain and also a very big part of those championship teams in Chicago and was a former teammate of Patrick Kane. And when Chelios came out pregame and they rolled him out in a big, you know, Cadillac or something, and he had a speech and he, you know, he 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 mentioned Patrick Kane, who was in town with the visiting Detroit Red Wings, and how one day he'd be standing here where he is. He's that important. Just don't do anything to show me up tonight, to take away my night. Do the player introductions. Patrick Kane gets a just a wildly warm introduction from Blackhawks fans who very fondly remember him as the top pick, their superstar, their all-star, and 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 their champion. So getting a, a standing ovation for a visiting player, it's 
It's not common, but it does happen if a guy goes back. This certainly does not the stuff that makes a Shazam spotlight. The game goes into overtime in Chicago last night. Puck gets knocked away, gets fed ahead to the Detroit Red Wings, Patrick Kane. Kane takes control of the puck in Chicago as a member of the visiting Detroit Red Wings. Gets on a breakaway, skating down the skating toward the goalie, stops, flick fakes, puts, as they say, the biscuit in the basket, hits the game-winning goal, game over. Red Wings, Detroit wins, and the fans in Chicago go crazy. Cheered like the Blackhawks just won the Stanley Cup for what sometimes greatness just shows itself and it reminds it reminds you. And so Patrick Kane, favorite son, comes home, scores the game winner in overtime for the opposition, yet the, just the natural reaction from the Chicago fan base who loves the dude so much was to give him a, another standing ovation and job well done. Shazam. That's Shazam Spotlight brought to you by ShazamAuto.com. That, my friends, by the time you get to the long, even on a homecoming night, by the time you get to the end of the night, it usually doesn't work that way, does it? Right? You're in, you're certainly in no mood to cheer the winners. Ronaldo about to find out. You know who Ronaldo is? Cristiano Ronaldo is a soccer player, okay? He went live tour in the soccer world, and he went over to and took those Saudi, you know, I think he, they may pay him a billion <sighs> to play in their soccer league. Um... Well, they had a game on Sunday, and apparently Ronaldo may have made an obscene gesture in the game. Just kind of a note, cultural differences. They don't play that nonsense over there. Whatever the gesture was, you may end up without that digit. I don't know what it is you did, but they don't play. The Portugal forward, after opening the scorer, after opening the scoring, um... Oh, oh, I'm reading now what the gesture is. Ooh. They ain't afraid to go biblical on you over there. <laughs> oh. Social media vi- videos captured Ronaldo cupping his ear. E, you follow along? Oh. Uh oh. And then let's say he had his hand dangling around the waist area and may have been pumping it back and forth, kind of simulating a certain uh huh. Boyhood pastime. I mean, the dude's going like this in Saudi Arabia, bro. Okay? Y'all see me? Yeah, you got me, right? <laughs> you got me on YouTube. Woo! Right, he's doing the... Come on, you dodo. In other words, Ronaldo's not been seen for 16 years. The mystery. <laughs> what happened to Ronaldo? <laughs> uh, this is one of those mornings. There are often times when we're talking about terrific highlights. From the weekend or, you know, from sports. And you'd love to be able to show them what you're talking about because it is that exciting. And obviously, um, I, I'm not going to be able to um, show it to you, per se. Because we're radio and we're not television. So as best I can... I'm going to simulate 
what you would see if I could show it to you, okay? At the finish in NASCAR's stop at Atlanta on Sunday, they went three wide to the finish line. And if I could show you the highlight, this is literally how close it was. You hear that? There were actually three of them. So the finish was really this close. Dude, they had three cars within three one-hundredths of a second of each other as they finished. And after going to the video review, it was Daniel Suarez who wins in Atlanta, beating Kyle Busch and Ryan Blaney by inches in a uh, three-wide sprint to the finish line. It was a frenetic final lap. They had 48 lead changes yesterday, and I'm sorry. I made it much closer than it was. Three one-thousandths of a second separated Suarez and Blaney, and seven one-thousandths of a second separated Suarez from Bush, who was in third. You had three drivers, after all of those 500 miles, finishing within seven one-thousandths of a second of each other. And Suarez, by the way, was in the thick of things in Daytona the week before. So, uh, what a finish and a uh, nice win for the 99 car and Daniel Suarez. Coming back with more football, as I said, they, they are just a hell-bent determined to kill the kickoff. I Just go ahead and do it already. I'll tell you where things stand, some other news and notes. We got combine talk as we move along today. Um... We're also audibling and reshuffling our our Monday football conversation for you. We told you breakfast with Pacelli's is uh, with Pacelli's going to go on hiatus. Um, man, we're going to sub out a very special replacement. It looks like uh, f- firm details on that. Look forward to here in the couple of next, you know, maybe few days. Definitely in the next couple of weeks. But ET, I think folks are going to like what we do on Monday mornings with our little. Uh, Chat set up, don't you? I gotta agree with right? you, my boy. Yeah. From uh, we started with Tony as a potential Hall of Famer. Let's just say we may be starting this little uh, relationship with another potential Hall of Famer. I don't know. We'll see. It all starts. <laughs> Thank you. With Dan Hickett and Jeff yes. Ross. All finished there too. Sadly, this is the drill. It's the Monday morning quarterback. Divorcementonly.com football fix next. <laughs> fix coming up here momentarily uh, and, uh, the court storming I you know I don't think it's just any sign of weakness or anything else and and I to put it on Filipowski y'all that's I mean okay yeah the guy kid that got run over you ready uh, because he purposely tried to push a fan down. The guy behind him saw it and pushed Kyle. Their dumbasses are on the basketball court where they're not allowed. If this happened in the stands as Filipowski charged in there, then game on. What kind of argument are you making to me, oh, my brother? Yeah. You're telling me that these idiot fans, these Wake Forest dorks, storm the court and it's on Filipowski for pushing one of them? Man, you're crazy, boss. Come on, dude. Yeah. That's an all-time reach there. Come on. 
That's just silly. It's it's the Duke players' fault that he loses a tough game and he can't walk off the field without having a bunch of dorks bumping and banging and charging at him? You're crazy. I wish that had been you storming the court and he'd done more than push. Horrible take. Horrible take. Uh, by the way, what you, 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 I, I like looked. I've seen the Cam Newton video, and I've looked into what went on. And I, I can't put this on Cam in any way at all. Yeah, I can't either. So yo, Cam in a brawl. Cam wasn't in a brawl. Three dudes attacked Cam. Jump, basically tried to jump him at his own football event. He fought him off with some big ridiculous warlock hat <laughs> he's wearing. That dude will wear some hats now. He will. And like I, something has to be wrong with those guys. Cam is a big. Human being. There are some, you know, uh, rumors and whatnot on social media that it had been planned just to interrupt and mess with his football event, which uh, makes weak. I do know this. I do know it takes what your mission statement. It was Cam's event. He was putting on a seven on seven. Oh, come on. That's but it weak. takes away from your mission statement. Newton runs C1N, an organization founded in 2021, developing young athlete skills in football and providing opportunities with these seven-on-seven tournaments. The website says the mission is to, quote, create an environment that fosters growth and development on and off the field, helping young athletes achieve their goals in football and life. We'll also spend 20 minutes on self-defense and roundhouse rights. Self-defense. <laughs> uh, so there we have it. Fire up the band. we got a football fix. Brought to you by the Jewelton Creek Golf Club. Tee it high and let it fly with me on the home course at Jewelton Creek Golf Club. Best deal in golf. If you haven't been, it's uh, worth a revisit. Uh, that's for sure. I, 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 I don't know why they're so hesitant. It's been pretty clear for a while that what you want to do, you being the NFL, is you want to eliminate the kickoffs. You want to take the play out of the game. So stop with the rules and moving it here and kicking it from there and just say you get the ball in the 25 and be done with it. It's remarkable to me, and maybe the number is down and the instances don't stand out as much because they've changed the rules and we don't have as many returns. But you would think the way they keep legislating around this kickoff that it was as dangerous as trying to tiptoe over a high wire at the Grand Canyon. My God, they've made this kickoff sound like it's the closest thing to Russian roulette. Uh, they're looking at the XFL's model. I think it's is it, it's not XFL anymore, is it? What do they call it now? It's like the UFL. UFL, yeah, UFL. combined it. So apparently they don't want to end it all the way around. They want more kickoffs, but they want the concussion sound. I think the XFL, you can only get like a 10-yard start or something, right? There's something crazy. Here's the XFL's rule. Kicker lines up at his 30. The 10 other members of the kickoff team line up at the opponent's 35. Five yards away from the returning team, the kicker and returner are the only players who can move until the ball is fielded. And touchbacks go all the way out to the 35-yard line. So you're just trying to slow down. Golly, with that, you can almost design plays off your kick return, can't you? If no one can move, you got your two lines, right? Your infantry. (laughs) You got your kicker and your returner. He kicks it. No one can move until returner catches it. Oh, yeah. You can set some up. Right. It's almost like, you know, have blocking uh, schemes and lanes. 
Now, just to remind you, right now you kick it at the 35, and it's a damn free-for-all. Go get them, boys. Touchbacks go to the 25. So this would seem to want to decrease touchbacks and lead to some action, but stop those high-speed, high-impact collisions. Uh, Russell Wilson says he's focused on winning in Denver or elsewhere. Whenever a player throws in the or elsewhere, it sure seems like they've been told they're going to be or elsewhere, uh-huh, doesn't uh-huh. it? Uh, the latest in Diva receivers takes us to Philly where A.J. Brown calls out any rumors and says, quote, I want to be here. I have no problem. I want to be here. It's as simple as that. He told a Philly radio station, I love where I'm at. It's as simple as that. Next question, he called rumors of friction between himself and quarterback Jalen Herbst. Quote, total BS. Um, Yeah, okay, well, you know, here's the sideline video from this game, that game, the other game, and that. Doesn't really look that way. Eric Bieniemy is going back to college. He'll be UCLA's offensive coordinator. All right, Richard Sherman, you get to come back from this one and sit on the NFL Network's set and, you know, be critical of the other players in the league for what they do on the field and then get paid a million dollars. We're going to do that again. Was it last offseason or two or three ago that Sherman was at his in-law's house, drunk as a skunk, banging on the door, threatening to kill people? Somehow that didn't seem to bother the NFL Network. Now he's been, arre- he's been arrested this weekend on suspicion of DUI. Maybe perhaps that's a deal breaker. Um, in a probable cause statement near Seattle, a trooper who helped respond uh, reported talking to Sherman, noticing the odor of intoxicants, and the Sherman's eyes appeared to be, quote, bloodshot and watery. Uh, so we shall see what, if any, consequence this has. For uh, Richard Sherman, the Miami Dolphins are in that space-clearing mode. That's cap space. And so they've released a couple of good, solid veterans. Xavier Howard at one point was probably top five cornerback in the league. He was certainly really great at at intercepting the football, right? He had those really high interception numbers. Yeah, it was rough. It's been a few years. He's only got two combined the last two years. He gets cut. They say... um, Gosh, a $25.9 million cap hit, or he would have been that, so they will save some there. They also um, release Emmanuel Ogba. They save more there, and all totaled now, $23 million. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, the saving will be about $10 million, but they got rid of over $30 million. 23 in dead cap money, which is never fun, but it's at least headed off the books. That's Football Fix. You're welcome. It's brought to you by the Joint Decree Golf Course. Come see me at the home course. Hick and Robin Moore come your way next on the drill. Ladies and gents, please put your hands together as Dan Hicken enters the studio. You know what? Everybody get your roll on. Everybody, everybody get your roll on. Yes, sir. 
crusher. No. <laughs> Big timers. Big timers. Come on, Jeff. Okay, I'm good. Moon day. I love it. It is a moon day. Man, shocking news this morning. As I wake up, Monday's for me. And you'll know the answer to this. I have appointment reading on Monday. I look forward to Mondays. Monday, oh. I set my my alarm for an extra five. It's a nice, long, good 15 minutes of reading. It's almost like a mini book. Give it a read. And that's Peter King. I've loved Peter King's column for years. And he said, you know what? I'm out. <laughs> he retired. So, oh. yeah. Peter King is like the preeminent Writer in the National Football League, I would say, wouldn't you guys? I mean, if you, yeah. I mean, to me, and it's a popular column. He, he, yeah. he was. I don't. I'm not. Don't know if he would still be, but sure, certainly chock full of NFL information. And uh, yeah, I'll miss him. I wish him well. It's 66. He's retiring again. He gone. Huh? He never retired. Eh. He left. Left SI. He kind of retired for some of us. <laughs> Yeah, he's did that become easy. pretty much social media only? Could you get Peter King elsewhere? Does there? Well, I just would read Monday his football night in America, you football did it. morning in America every week gotcha. on social media. Right. Yeah, but he was, you know, forever it was the Monday morning quarterback. It was MMQB. Well, he let that was they, owned correct. by Sports As, Illustrated, correct. who is another reason why they're defunct. And right, <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> and so he went to do it with the uh, I think the NBC boys. But I don't know who it was. I don't care. I just know that I loved it. He's a guy who could go on his own and do it if he really wanted to, and and people would subscribe to read it. That's how popular he was. So anyway, it was uh, yeah, a surprise though. But I wish him well. But not surprised. I mean, he's sixty six, and so um, yeah, he's he's out. He's out. And uh, good stuff in his farewell column. If you want to read it, and he'll be gone. He gone. What a weekend though. What a what a strange time in sports. Like. There's so many good things going on. The Combine starts this week, so that'll dominate the conversation. Uh, Doug Peterson and Trent Balky will meet the media tomorrow. wonder if they'll be together. I don't know. It's just odd to me that we got to go to Indianapolis to get Doug Peterson and Trent Balky. You know, we met him. We saw him and last saw him after the season ended. Well, Balky took three weeks. And we'll, we'll ask the typical – they'll ask the typical questions. I think Frank's going. Frank and the not a whole lot's crew. changed now from any questions we ask at the end of the year, mm-hmm. right? Well, it, the problem is it, it should have. Well, there's been new coaches brought in. There's, there's, you know, wh- where do we sit now that we're done? I, I was looking. back. They haven't after, done the, you know, the Josh the, Allen and Calvin Ridley the out there. For, the cuts for salary cap yeah. sake, we haven't had that for saved money. We haven't. Had, we're in the franchise tag area, so there's a lot going on. All pretty right. clear that the plan all along was to franchise tag and then move from there. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's just a matter of timing, I guess. Our DreamFinders home poll question of the day. With that said, thinking back on the season, what part of the offense does it still bother you from the December collapse? Like, who do you who do you now looking back on it and you have some perspective? Who do you put that on? Do you put it on the Peterson Taylor combo? Do you put it on the receiver core? Do you put it on Trevor? Do you put it on the offensive line? Oh, line. Now it's easy. But Trevor is would it'd be a toss up between tre- line. Injuries, everything else aside, mm-hmm. your quarterback's got to make plays. Yeah. You know, Patrick Mahomes was, could barely walk, and he seemed to make plays against the Jags and then in the AFC Championship and then win the Super Bowl. I don't think Trevor was ever bothered by anything worse than that. Yeah. 
Yeah. Right? I'm talking about this 2023 post, right. or two postseason. Right. Uh, offensive line is the runaway leader at 58%, and that makes sense. I mean, we've all been pounding it, and it and, and, and makes sense. Peterson Taylor's second, 20.8%. I thought about putting them separate, but they're such a package deal, obviously. It kind of They go together. So um, uh, Trevor Lawrence is third, 17.8%, and receiving core only 3.5%, getting the – I would fire the. I mean, the more I sit on it, I, I I could, I could live with the decision to, to cut all eleven linemen and start over. It's that bad. Oh yeah. I mean, I'm not saying you should. There are yeah. certainly NFL players on that line. Don't get me. I'm not saying cut all eleven and start over. If they cut all eleven linemen and start it over, I don't feel like that we would be. Well, you're not cutting Anton Ayers. You're not cutting anyone. Don't yeah. get, again. Yeah. I'm just saying, if they did, if they cut mm-hmm. every slap one of them and started over, I wouldn't. I wouldn't flinch. Yeah, yeah. It's hard to argue with that. I mean, it's not been, it's not been very good. Um, so, and I was, we did TV last night, and I can't imagine a world where you don't have at least a two new starters on the offensive line next year. When I say new, I'm not talking about Ezra Cleveland. I'm not talking about no. repositioning. I'm talking about new faces. You do need a new infusion here on the O-line. You need, you know, you need five or six fresh, fresh faces. I mean, it got stagnant. It got and, stagnant. And, and the guys they brought in last year, the Josh Wells, the, these guys, have never been any kind of, like, true grit. You know, it's just uh, it's terrible. Doing a terrible job of building, like, the important part of football teams, that physical, big, mean part. Up mm-hmm. front. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, um, but yet with everything. So, my point is, yeah, we got the combine. NFL n- never goes away, and, and I get that. But what an odd sports weekend, and because so many we- so many different things struck me. Like, like you know, you want to dive right into it. And, and the weirdest of the weird is, you know, you got Cam Newton getting in a fight at a 7v7 tournament. Guys fault. jumping him. Yeah, the guys jumping him. What is him. going on? Apparently, those seven on sevens got got like a like unseemly side. There's some uh-huh. gambling going on. Apparently, I'm and, here for that. I never would say you know when my youngest was playing. I wish I'd known. I would have been. Yeah, I would. Yeah, I would have brought stacks to the games. Yeah. <laughs> Bring them racks. Yeah, yeah. racks yeah. of stacks. I would have brought, and I would have been happy. But no, I don't know. Is that what they're saying? It was a gambling thing. I'm just. They're speculating that there's some elements to those things. It's not like. You know, the, the, all these high school coaches bringing their kids and everything's buttoned up. It's official. You know, it goes. Listen, I never played a hoop. E, I never played a hoop it up or an air it out where there wasn't a fight. Not oh, for one, sure. Not one. Yeah. I play, played those two. And Hick, you played a lot of those two. Mm-hmm. I may have played two, two dozen hoop it up and uh-huh. air it outs. Uh-huh. And, and every single one of them, I saw a fight. Absolutely. Every one of them. But you don't. Who? who? The guys who attacked Cam Newton should be arrested. There is some thought that they did it on purpose to take away from them. They have a beef with him or with the, the, the organization or, again, these uh-huh. are all the little. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, I'm. Shadowy I'm, comments. This is what I'm getting. People yeah. are sending me on oh, the text okay. line saying they're reading and they're oh, okay. wherever they read. Yeah. But I'll say this. Who attacks Cam Newton in this respect? I've said this before. I've been around a lot of great professional athletes. Cam Newton was the most impressive-looking dude I've right. ever seen, man. I saw Cam Newton. We opened the season against Carolina here in Jayville one year. And he was out pre, pre-game, like early. And he just had shorts and like a, like a T-shirt on. And it was like a cutoff T-shirt. And the guy's like a six-foot-six muscly. That's the most <laughs> impressive-looking dude I've ever seen in my life, yeah, man. There's like not, a, not an ounce of 
softness on that guy. Yeah. Uh, there ain't no jelly roll on that guy. <laughs> all right? I mean, every place you touch him, it would be muscle. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. From the, from, the, from the hat he's wearing to his toes. He I was, was going to say, I thought you were going to say, I would not have dared like attack or try and jump Cam Newton yesterday. I, I thought he'd have put a spell on me. He had like a Merlin's cap on. <laughs> well, he's always got one of them. That dude wears yeah. some weird stuff now. Yeah. yeah. yeah there's no doubt. He's <laughs> different dude, man. Different dude. But a spell, pull out his magic wand. He yeah. wave that thing around. But that was crazy. Man. Give, me some, yeah. give me some magic pops. Yeah, he was, uh, he was the, giving them the business too. <laughs> yeah. 301. Cam was giving him the business. Yeah. With that hat, he was eight feet tall. I, can I see saw, why. I saw those guys. The first guy he grabbed, he threw about 20 feet. <laughs> Those little guys were throwing punches. Nothing was hey, hitting. Nothing. It looked like he was fighting kindergartners. Yeah. That was. Well, but, again, where do kids yeah. touch flag football I, tournament, I bro? That's a seven on seven. What the hell's again, wrong with you? You know, the motions get hot. Maybe they're mad at the is. ruling, I guess. Who knows, man? I see people fight over less. So yeah. do you. Yeah. And then I, I was at work yesterday, so oh. I had a lot of things going on tonight. Bad. Man. Atlanta was way better than Daytona. Yeah, for sure. Carnage everywhere. Yeah, 48 they kept ra- They kept crashing and changing and driving and racing. And then at the end, uh, like this. Bush yeah, that close. made a great move right into the middle. And they go three got, wide. NASCAR guy here. Oh, it was great. I mean, it was a great. That's, that's what's going to win you back. I mean, who am I kidding? Nothing is. But I don't care. It was still great to watch. And if you were watching it. Man, oh man! You so you got Blaney, who last year's champion, last year's champ. So he's the guy. And then Kyle Busch jumps right in the middle, and then Daniel Suarez, who's embattled and fighting for his job. I mean, they half the guys want to get it's, rid of him on their on that race team. And Daniel Suarez. Did they say why I didn't watch yesterday? Because I've heard why that too. what why they want like why he did, they he, want, he was terrible last year. Doesn't have the results. Yeah, terrible year. In a, in a, I, I, again, I'm not an expert, but I, from what I read, it was like a terrible year in a good car. He shouldn't be that bad. Should be better. And well, so the best anyway, finish before this year was. Oh, maybe I thought he had won season. one, more than one. But anyway, so he, he's not one of those road course. No, I don't think so. He's he's, a, he's Viva La Mexico. But three he, wins now. Three wins. Yeah, oh, that three. was no, that was Xfinity. Let uh-huh. me get to the. Uh huh. But I was but the 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 move of the day was by Bush to stick it right in the middle there, and those three guys are hightailing it down the turn, the final turn, and to the finish line, and it was so close. I actually thought Blaney won. Yeah, uh, he won at Sonoma. I think it was a road course guy. Yeah, was he? Or was that a truck win? So, anyway, and uh, they, they reviewed it, and Suarez was the winner. Great interview with him. He was so pumped up. It was cool to see. And I, I'll tell you this, he's well-liked because everybody was like, hey, hats off to Daniel. Glad he won. You know, it was kind of neat. So all in all, that that stood out to me about from the a weekend. Second, second series uh, win. Well, he was also he was a big part of the story at Daytona. Suarez, he was running up there near the yeah. near the front for yeah. you know much of that that barbecue of a second half of the race. My 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 New York Rangers luck and streak ran out uh, last night in Columbus of all places. Back to back games is tough going at home then on the road. No excuses, but uh, so their ten ten straight wins ended, but. The Blue Jackets beat the Blue Shirts. Yeah, the Blue Jackets did. So I was kind of bummed about that. Any thoughts about my Flames being red hot too little too late? Back-to-back wins over Boston and Edmonton. Tell me how that happens. Well, they'll make the playoffs, right? No. No, they won't. They're they're, they're they're like six, seven points out of the playoffs. 
That West is tough. They're, yeah, they're in a tough conference. West is very I tough. I noticed the same thing in the NBA. T- t- what about this juxtaposition? Mm-hmm. You know, the NBA's got this. I still don't like it. I never bought in. I don't like 6 through 10 having to play. Just give me 1 to 8, but whatever. Mm-hmm. But the NBA has this new 6 through 10 you know, deal where 6 plays 7, or uh, 7 plays 8, 9 plays 10, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so over in the in the West... And the way the 9-10 game works, those two teams play, the loser is out. Right. The winner will go on to play the loser of the 7-8 game. Okay. Well, if you look in the West, you know who 9 is? No. It's the Lakers. You know who 10 is? It's the Warriors. Oh. So, Lakers and Warriors right now could be playing a one-and-done. Oh, I would love that. Would you like to guess who it is over in the... Oh, I'd love that, E. God, I'd be calling you the whole game. So that, but uh oh, E, uh oh, but in all, Curry's warming up, E, right? But is, I mean, that that's a nine and ten that'll get your juices going a little bit, right? Yeah, you know, the nine and ten is in the East. Your Hawks, yes, yeah, the sub five hundred Hawks and Bulls. I, you know, Beef may want to meet over here and get some, you know, wings somewhere, but other than that, that not a lot of interest. You want to talk about a big difference in street value? Yeah, Warriors, Lakers, yeah, to stay alive or. Hawks, Bulls. You know a headline I don't even, I'm not even going to even look at? Oh, well, you have already because you're going to tell me what it is. Well, I'm not going to read the story because I'm like, yeah, right. Lakers vent at refs inconsistency. They only had eight free throws last night, Dan. Good. So what? Dang. I mean, are you kidding me? The L.A. Lakers are complaining? (laughs) Jeez. How many breaks have those guys gotten through the What about, what about? Go ask. Go call Sacto and ask them about. And that's huh? old now. Go call Sacto well, and ask them about inconsistency and in refereeing when Shaq and when, Kobe. When the Lake Come Show on. the Lake Show is deemed uh, to like be handed to the NBA finals. You're worried about Pajan Turkaloo yeah. for your right. sake, huh? Uh, Bibby. Weber. Bibby. Chris Very Weber. Nice. Yes. Uh, yeah, go call the Sacto uh, people. No, Christy. Th- I did hear this. Nice boy. I, I did hear this. Yeah. And I think this is a fair point. And LeBron yeah. said this. Hey, man. I hear people complaining Lakers do the line. You know, we don't have the luxury. We're not one of these teams that shoots 53s like the rest of the league. We go inside and play basketball, so we should go to the line more. Nah, but anyway. Wah, wah, wah. Yeah, I didn't come across that. Right, we're warming up. It's a fabulous Monday here. I, before we go to break, I want to. can I send some birthday a birthday yeah, shout-out sure. out? Can yeah, I do, right. do whatever the hell you want. I don't uh, care. Today <laughs> is um, today is my boy's birthday. Get out of here. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, 28 years old today. It was 28 years ago today. Mrs. P, you know, gave us half a litter, and we were on our way. Um, we had a twin boys, so they'd be off and at him. Um, uh, awesome. Love hanging out with them. And they can have a uh, just a grand spanking good day. Little Outstanding. Birthday Happy birthday, out. boys. Yeah, there you go. You guys uh, keep between the lines today. Ross right. and uh, Billy turn 28. Well, not at all. No. This is the drill. <laughs> It is the Monday Morning Quarterback, DivorcementOnly.com. Hit it. Hey! Sports concepts and rationalizations coming your way. We call it the 10-minute drill. At the end of the drill, we like to hand out a razzle-dazzle is, is what E tells me it is. I, I call it a prize pack. That's the culture and the culture. E, what are we handing out today? Oh, uh, we got a $25 gift card to Liquid Sunshine Car Wash plus a free Tire rotation from Tire Island. All you got to do is holler at your boy at the right. end of the 10-minute drill. Got a couple just little life items here. I hope everyone's proud. I got the got the truck truck guy in August of 22 mm-hmm. yesterday mm-hmm. for the first time since I took ownership. Mm-hmm. Washed her. Thank you. <laughs> I actually washed the car for the first time. Oh, you did it yourself? Come no, first time he's washed it. Oh, got the yeah. car washed. I, I, went through a, I went through a car wash. Uh, <laughs> That's what I did, so... <laughs> 
I've got that going for me. I thought that was pretty spectacular. Uh-huh. But the second thing that I'm dealing with today, I'm surprised you haven't noticed yet that I'm not like jumpy or look like I need to put in some sort of mm-hmm. facility. Mm-hmm. But I have uh, left, driven in, gotten here, and started my day, and left my phone at home. Ooh, that's the oh, worst. That's a, a hard one. You're man. a train wreck. That's a hard one. I'm Ugh. getting some anxiety a little bit yeah. from that. Just there's yeah, so many, so many rote routines that I have in the morning involve the phone. Certain people that right. I talk or text what to. I, or, what I sense is an ultra focus today. Eve, but I can't. Well, here's what happens. <laughs> well, here's what happens too because we of the took way, away the text line. We'd be really good today. <laughs> I've not been on the text line today. I'm not going to let them affect me. Um, no, but the reality with the phone is, too, I can't get it onto my work email without the phone because we've got that oh. authentication system, so I can't do that. So I'm literally flying blind today. Oh. It should be spectacular. You in know, fact, what you'll do in your mind mentally is you'll go straight home to get the phone yeah. no matter what. Even if you, you got, I, Even if go I need to go phone. somewhere else. Yeah, I'm getting my phone. You're first. right. I got to get my phone. That's a good call. Mm-hmm. That's a good call. Mm-hmm. I will be doing that. Do you know how we talk about how bad NFL teams and front offices and scouts and GMs and personnel men are based on the terrible draft picks that they throw our way every year. Yeah. And that's not just here. It's around the league. Every year, half of the league's draft picks are garbage. They never play in the league. Mm -hmm. They totally missed it. They didn't scout them right. They never were on the right path. You feel me? I feel you. Like, that's literally half of the picks in the draft will never make it into the league, which means half of the money spent and the – Time, yeah. you know, devoted has been for nothing. Okay. Well, no wonder it's hard from this standpoint. How are you going to get the right guy? If uh, Can I get number of athletes invited to the combine, please? Rough number? 330. Okay. How are you expected to draft people right when they draft, when they invite 330 prospects to the combine, right? That should be fine-tooth comb best of the best. Well, how can you be trusted to draft the right person if the league itself, among its 330 invites a year, neglected to invite, you ready? The following. These guys didn't get invited to the combine, E.T. They, the, the savvy, smarter-than-you NFL and all of those binoculars in the sky decided, well, these guys aren't good enough to play in the league. Consider what I'm saying. 330 players. I mean, that... Uh, Right away, you got 150 that'll never see the light of day. Right. You didn't even invite these guys. Antonio Gates. <laughs> Tyreek Hill. He didn't get a combine invite. Now, I wonder if his didn't have to do with some of the yeah. off the field stuff. Uh huh. Um, yeah, it looks like the legal issue more than any. Uh, James Harrison. Be a Hall of Famer, right? Not invited to the to the combine coming out of Kent State in 2002. Mm hmm. Uh, Wes Welker, mm-hmm. no no combine for him. Oh, boy. Julian Edelman, no combine invite. Adam Thielen, not good to be a white receiver. They don't believe in you. Oh. <laughs> uh, we got three in a row there. Wes Welker, um, <laughs> uh, Julian Edelman, Adam Thielen. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Or Puerto Rican, perhaps. Victor Cruz, no combine no invite. Cha-cha. Oh, dear. Uh, a couple of DBs, Malcolm Butler, Chris Why Harris. Why them DBs? <laughs> oh, defensive back. Chris, Chris, Chris Harris. Yes. One, you know of the best, one of the best slot corners Pro in the Bowl. league. Yeah, and, and didn't even get an invite. He's a first-team All-Pro. Didn't even get an invite to the Combine. That's how little the experts really know about how to find talent. They can, add, they can add 330 and leave an All-Pro off the invite list. So, yeah. good luck finding help. 
I hate to do this, okay. jump in right here in the uh, as we do sports concepts and rationalizations, but we have we have a letter that has come to my attention that must be read immediately. A letter? Uh, yeah. Is this like a bonus dear drill? It is. It is. It's on the text line. Normally, oh, we so get that them. means it's like officially official this yeah. morning. Dear drill. Wow, we're going right into dear. I like. I'm not. I, I just. I, I feel like we it. need to do it. Uh, you All know, right. I want to solve it. I want to move on. All right. I don't want it lingering out there till 935 or whatever. Okay. So, Ian, right. if you could, sir, just some music, wow. anything that you choose. Wow. You put me, well, you know, this is where the no phone, the total focus, perhaps we'll give good advice. Dear Joe, my wife has this unnatural habit of needing to have every single ceiling fan in the house on, including the tower fan in our bedroom, regardless of the temperature outside. It's to the point that the kids stay coughing and blowing their nose no matter how many times I tell my wife to turn the fans off. She will not listen. She has this mindset that the fans need to be on to circulate the air. There are many days this winter where the inside of the house is colder than outside. This includes days where the outside temps don't get above 60-61. To make matters worse, when she wakes up, she feels the need to turn on the heat to take the chill out of the air. The same chill that she's created. I've tried battling her by turning the heat on at night, but it still hits me to the tune of a 350 electric bill. Any advice to make her stop this madness? She sleeps with a sheet and two comforters over her. The kids are like me and struggle to sleep with just one sheet on them. The coldest temperature I've recorded inside the house based off the thermostat was 59 degrees. I'm not alone on this problem. I brought my story up at work and another Google told me his wife does the same thing. He said his kids have nicknamed their mom Elsa. Okay. Please help. Frozen Here, in Florida. I, I say this. And by the way, I, I, I feel you. I was freezing last night. It's just so funny. All right, I, say, I woke up, my mouth was dry because I can't breathe because my nose is stuffed. Mouth breather. That's the worst. That is the worst. When, you, when your nose is stuffed. You can't up, breathe. Oh, yeah. God. Wake up, oh my honey. Your lips are all dry. We're dying your tongue's in like here. That. Yeah, it's no I don't good. know what it is. I'm with you there, Frozen and All Florida. right, well, this is interesting. I'm going to say this as hetero as possible, okay? Yes. I say this while I light up a stogie and start up my chainsaw. Uh-huh. I'm married to that dude. Okay. I'm that guy. Uh-huh, I turn uh-huh. on every fan, oh. run the temperature down no. to 40 degrees, and when I get up in the morning at 3.30, what's the first thing I do? Cut the heater I on. click the heater <laughs> on, baby. Damn, it's cold. So, yeah. I, Me I, too. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm the girl, and I'm the, I'm the wife in this situation. Uh-huh. Now, I'm on the same page with mine. She likes it cold, too. So I, When I walk in the bedroom and I see the fan yeah. on it, it's freezing. I'm Always. like, what are we yes. doing? I, I, maybe I it's the noise. I got to have the fan. I got to have it blowing on Put the on TV me. on. The middle of winter <laughs> with that the fan. heater on, the fan is on. Yep. The ceiling fan. Every, yep. every, without fail. I'm the same I way. can't sleep without the ceiling fan. I got this fan got to be spinning. Now, a lot of people now do like the white noise or the green noise. They do their yeah. th- those type things. I don't need all that. Just turn the fan on. Yeah. And I'm good. Yeah, cut that fan on. Sorry, but, bro. But that's me. We'll turn it down, especially this time of year. I'll turn the heat off at night, and that thing will creep down to the mid-60s. Then I'll get up in the morning. I'll, I'll put it on about 71. Yeah, get dressed real quick. I'll you know, the shower. Hot box that humper, and... And then she'll get mad at me for making her sweat it out because I've turned the heat on. There we go. Life anyway, in America. Thank you. Thank you for. No, so I, I, I feel you there because I'm I'm guilty of that. I think, it, and, and to be honest with you, it's a question, and maybe it's not as prevalent now because it's not we don't follow the same paths in life to marriage. In mm-hmm. other words, used to be, a lot of times the first time you lived with a person, think about this, kids, it's amazing, is when you married them, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So there'd be some unknown but this is really this is something that should be brought up in premarital counseling about the cold yeah your temperature yeah. like when you sleep around the Gotta house be on the yeah. same page yeah. yes because you get a lot of you get a lot of friction a over tension that. at night yeah you sleep together every <laughs> night 
Yeah, correct. Yeah. Taking these notes. Yeah, take these notes. <laughs> take I these have notes. never uh, uh, disliked the uh, a guy who I liked more than I think maybe ever in sports than John Rom. And so, okay. the Live Tour makes me not like guys. Now he did a very uh, open interview with I think it was Marty Smith on ESPN this weekend, and he. he he did say, you know, I, I took it. You know, listen, the money was a big deal. You know, it's, yeah, obviously it was. Okay, um, but this is a guy who's made and will make hundreds of millions of dollars. Yeah, the PGA harvest. Tour did an awful lot for these guys crying. But he the, took his he took a pot poor. shot. I didn't like the pot shot. So this is the, these are the things that make me don't like John Rahm. And it started, and I've told this story before, but it started at the players last year when my guy Marcel Robinson and him got in a staring contest. <laughs> yep, and the local the local <laughs> photographer. A uh, bested John Rahm. He did. He I did. thought that was terrific stuff. And I'll give Marcel credit. Most I'll tell the story real quick. He's on number nine. He's he's doing. He's not doing well. He ended up withdrawing. I think he cited. Where's this sickness? Did Liv play at the this players? Weekend? Oh, at the players last oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. year. Okay, yeah. And he's on number nine. He misses a putt and and he's ticked. And he and and so Marcel is shooting behind number nine green, and he just follows John Rahm for reaction. John Rahm looks at him and gives him this stuff like, get off me, shoot the player, shoot the golf. Right. And and Marcel says, No, I'll decide what I shoot. I'm shooting you. He <laughs> locked in. He a didn't, I mean, he thought that to himself. He thought to yeah. himself. And John Rahm looked at him like like uh what the heck? Like as you like to say about bones or yeah. Phil, you know, you got boogers hanging from your mouth. <laughs> and so he stared at him, and so Marcel sat right there and stared back. And so they had this great all time stare off. It was didn't run we'll, point also like go shoot away. Yeah, 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 yeah. In on we'll him. post it again around the play. It's the greatest. I I love it. So anyway, that annoyed me. And then obviously his departure annoyed me. And then one of his comments, and this is the pot shot that I don't need. Or maybe wait a minute, I don't know. I'm going to take this back. I'm looking at this. I don't think he said this, so I'm going to not oh, say it save myself. Yeah. This is where Dan giggles uncontrollably yeah. at me for getting this far it's from a, and it's realizing from a, that I screwed it up. No, it's from a sarcastic thing. But oh. nonetheless, I still, I still, when I, when I saw his interview, and it, it, it's, I don't like give you a pass because you said you did it for the money when you've already made the money. It's one thing if a guy hasn't made the money yet and he took it Harold for the money. Garner. Yeah. Don't yeah. I like that. Yeah. Versus John Rahm, who... But here's the thing, too. These guys that don't have any money, even just being check cashers on tour, were able to pile up, like Charles Howell the third, $20, million. He did say he contacted Tiger. Tiger never called him back, which I dug. Good. I like that. Um, I, I don't... It's I just don't get guys who perform at the highest level, which he does. He won a Ryder Cup for Europe. He was terrific. Um, he's won a... Uh, won a U.S. and a Masters. Is that correct? A U.S. Open and a Masters, if I'm not mistaken? Yeah. That that thrill of competition is just not there on the exhibition tour that they're on. Well, for sure. We've said that all yeah. along. So yeah, that, I, that, well, they tried to play it that way. They, they I don't know if they ever said the competition would be greater. It's just silly. No. Any time that you suggest that beating 49 other golfers is more competition, especially where golf is now. And we figure at some point they'll merge again and come back. But what if they I don't, don't think for they like are. four years or five there's, years? They, I don't think so. You're gonna, only going to play the there's majors. There's not going to be a merger. They, here's what will happen. They'll be. There'll just be an ability to play crossover events. There will never be a full-on merge. So there will be some more than It'll the It'll be kind of like what it was over there. And the Live, by the way, is going to dump their – this first wave, these guys who stole from – the Saudis, by the way, there's also reports they're not real happy with the way things have gone so far. Uh-huh. That Live is a joke, that it's yeah. not making inroads in either improving the uh, – growing the game or TV ratings. Now, it might be different around the world, but here – 
I here's what I don't want to do. I don't want to go sell the Saudis a bag of nonsense and then four years later have nothing to show for it, lest I get invite, invited to the to the mansion uh, from which sometimes people don't return. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Right. So enjoy that shark telling them all those things. Enjoy that Mickelson telling them all your lies. Yeah. about what you are, what you can be, how you'll grow the game, what your tour will be. Nah, your tour's a joke. All right, well, we got a lot going on. a lot of money. With a lot of skins money. A lot going on today. Um, Lots of other things in the world. College baseball updates coming up. Uh, The more NFL combine stuff. Uh, Peterson and Balky, what will they say? That's coming up a little bit later. So, uh, 641-10, though. 641-10-10. Come kind, come courteous, come correct. And he is, we had to break. Tell them what they're going to procure. Oh, they're going to procure a $25 gift card to Lucas Sunshine Car Wash, plus a free tire rotation from Tire Outlet. Holla. That's your boy. All right, welcome back to the uh, program. So it struck me on Friday night as I made the trek to Gainesville to celebrate my fraternity's 100-year anniversary and saw some of the boys that you hadn't seen in a long time. But something struck me. We're sitting around. I'm paying off my, my another one of my bets to, to Bubba. You know the bet where the Gators needed one more win and they couldn't beat Arkansas, and they couldn't. I really should have billed Billy Napier. They couldn't beat Arkansas. They couldn't knock down fourth and 17. Or Bubba's buying me the beautiful steak dinner at Spurrier's Restaurant is the one we decided to go to. Okay. And there was like, I don't know, eight of us there, uh, six of us there. And it was a small gathering before we went to the bigger gathering. It's and, like a meeting of the skulls or something. Yeah. Yeah. yeah heavy yeah, hitters. Yeah, heavy yeah. hitters. And I'm I, paying, uh, paying off my debt. He orders drink and appetizers and shaking my head and yeah the dinner bet's not a great one for Hick because he's not a drinker I mean if you yeah. you know you throw three or four pops on there and a yeah. forty dollar meal becomes one hundred and forty yes yeah. sir yeah I got to win one of those I got to get him so anyway <laughs> that one was uh, so anyway I was paying that off and boys are talking and some of them are not from Jacksonville and we're kind of talking about you know updating everybody and we're talking about radio and they're talking about their jobs and. You know, and it struck me as I sat there and I was talking about being a loser. I'm a loser. I lose bets. And then I put mayonnaise on my body and eat sandwiches off of it. Yeah. That's what I do for a living. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I'm proud of that. Yeah. It's not exactly CEO material. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's the kind of thing you do when you're like 12. I got titans of the yeah. industry all around They me. think you're still sitting in the pie cap house when yeah. you tell them a story like that. Yeah. That's like something that you do I got, with you. I got titans of industries all around yeah. me, and people are and throwing meat, guy. turkeys, yeah. and hams at me and laughing. Yeah, you're mayo sandwich guy. Into my chest hairs. Well, at least you didn't do it like virally. After away. I walked to work the day before, and now I'm buying someone a steak dinner. Dang, what a loser. Loser. Yeah. It all starts with such promise firing his whole stack at Baltimore in the preseason. You know, it all it's that's what happens every year. He's so excited. And he came out of the gates in the five pack. He was like nine and one, three or eight and two. He was just running away with it. And then Which reminds me, E huh? go to uh get me the SNL skit on gambling from Saturday Night Live this past weekend. Uh it's one we can play on the radio and it won't it will carry just as much clout. It was 100% spot on. Um, it's a couple minutes long, but it's very funny. Yeah, we're easy to pick apart. and It's, it's real easy to, like, clown gamblers. We, yes. we are. We're just as near. I can I can almost write this skit in my head before, yes. I, yes. before I see it. Did you see it? I have not. Anyway, no. it's good. But So we'll play that in a minute. But 
Um, we watched movies this weekend. I'm in movie oh, guy right now. All right, good. Uh, old movies. I will give you a good one, though. You probably have seen it. Uh-huh. I think it's called Righteous Kill, but it's De Niro and Pacino. You seen this one? No, I don't think it's so. It's good. Yeah. Really good, yeah. Um, yeah, so I we, we had baseball. It's older now, right? It's 18, 16, 14. I don't know when it came out, but it was good. I went to a part of the state I'd never been to, Leesburg, Florida. Oh, so, I, was, I think of Orlando when I think. It's like a how is an interesting ride there, and it's Howie in the Hills and Mount Dora and so shout out to Leesburg, Florida. We 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 had a doubleheader there where on Lee's Saturday. Chicken is from. No, but there it's at Lake Sumter Community College, and there is a big lake there. But the wind on Saturday was lots of wind out there so Stings anyway the uh but yeah so that was uh uh but always good to go back to Gainesville Spurriers and then we went to this place and again I wish pros that I had a sense of direction because I would tell you it was a kind of a cool place it was an indoor outdoor bar brew place with a big gathering of like a hundred dudes and uh so I was thinking about that and 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 and, and a bunch of 60 year olds running around having fun acting and, like you're 30 yeah you know so it was kind of a kind of a good time kind of good to see all them guys did have a couple of moments where guys come up to you and say hello and it takes you a minute or you're not quite sure. And some of these guys you hadn't seen in 35, 40 years, Jeffrey. So I did a daily's double take this weekend brought mm. to you by the dash. And this isn't like some statistical notation. It is like literally just like a visual double take. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm you you by got f- that million dollar sale there, Bill. Yeah, I got a million dollar sale. What'd you do? I put mayonnaise on my chest. Ate a sandwich. Titan of the industry. Dan Hellman, nice to meet you. Hey, hey, hey. Um, <laughs> here's, here's my speaking. Very of, sobering. Yeah, speaking of the the dailies double take, though, I, my double take was strictly just like walking by the TV. What the hell? Look back at the TV. That's my dailies double take. Hey, stop and get that fresh brewed coffee this morning. It's always locally sourced and fresh ground every day. Just all the little details that make the dailies dash simply delicious. <sighs> Mm-hmm. I said I saw Pacino and De Niro this weekend. It makes sense I would watch a movie after seeing Rick Pitino yesterday on the sidelines. Y'all see Rick Pitino yesterday? Y'all know Love. what I'm talking about. But the, the the white suit? Yeah, the white suit, the white Armani. Have you seen it yet, E? Oh, man. Yeah, check out some Rick Pitino. I got to admit, he pulled it off. Yeah, he looked good. I didn't think it looked clownish. He was all white, E.T. Decked out, Armani, all white suit. And he looked pretty doggone sporty. There aren't many 70-year-olds that can w- w- can pull that off outside of the Sunny Acres retirement villa in Ocala. Yeah. Or some, some you know, hey, crew. Doesn't he? Did hey, he pull it? Hey, Rick Patino, Rick playing. He, he pulled it <laughs> off, he went, dude. And, and, and vintage Patino went from hating his team, yeah. hating yeah. them, to this is the best group I've yeah. ever been around since Providence. I like that yeah, guy. He, yeah, that he clean, though. He doesn't clean. it look good? <laughs> it doesn't look like he threw it together wrong or he doesn't get it. He put that thing on now. Yeah. Like he could run, he could have left and then walked with Pacino and De Niro mm-hmm. out of the Madison Square Garden and on home. You know what I love about it? This is what you got to love about New York, New York, because you know what he said? Yeah, you know, my wife had been on me. She thought the kids would like it if I wore a white suit, and so he said, "So you know, I, uh, I, I, you know, walked down the street in my neighborhood to the guy. You know, only in New York, Taylor. a guy in your neighborhood yeah. can throw you right? together something like yeah. that, yeah. right?" Yeah. Are yeah. you getting that out there in Fleming Island? E, no, you gotta bro. walk around in the corner to <laughs> get that thing. He, uh, he gave a shout out to Walter Clayton in his post game oh, interview because why? he said, "Well, he, he kind of wrapped it up by saying, you know, it's great we got a we got a Mac guard dominating this game today, and then we got a Mac guard down there uh, dominating the SEC and Walter Clayton." 
So he wanted him. He well, he was at Iona with him. I know, and he, yeah. yeah, he went hard after him to give him to St. And you John's. Say Mac, just M A A C. Yes, and he also that's right. Thank you. And he also said, um, you know, he also uh, uh, anyway. He was he was he was excited about Walter Clayton and what he was able to do and and how he's been playing. The Gators had no problem. Gators are going to get this weekend. The Gators are are becoming that. They're going to be this team. This buzzword is going to be around that Florida yeah, team. Yeah. You don't want to face them. Yeah, I know. They're dangerous. But you know and, what? And, and to your point about do you, how do you play, yeah. yeah, I'm going to play it to the tilt. Yeah. Yeah, I'm yeah. playing it to the four. That's what I'm doing. Oh, yeah. I'm playing it to the four. Mm-hmm. And if I lose because of it. You're talking about the unwritten rule where you yes. take, whereas alumni, yes. you yes. have to take your. If they're legit at all. You always want to take them farther than you think they should go. Yes. But then you have to have them upset in the two seed in the yes. second round. Here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You do. If mm-hmm. they're seven, they may be higher. Hick, they may be a five by the time they're well, if done. They, if they were, if they went and won the SEC tournament, by like the, they're going to beat Missouri on Wednesday night. By the way, then they have Alabama at home, which they could be. Yeah, if, well, and they, they go to South Carolina. Those are their three left. Correct. No, they have Vandy also. They finish at Vandy. Oh, they finish. With, so yeah. they have four, four left. left, and they have nine wins already in the league. Yes, right in the league. So they could go thirteen and five in they're the league not, if they went all four. Yeah, they're, yeah. They're, and just add a couple. If they go two and two, you're talking about well, they've, twenty-two and nine. You know, on the bubble watch, they've gone from or work to do to locks. They're now a lock to get yeah, in for so. sure, and they are because yeah. here's why: we're now to the point of their growth and mm-hmm, and improvement. Mm-hmm. They can't lose one hundred three eighty five at Ole Miss anymore. They yeah. could play Ole Miss a hundred times in a row. They, they first of all, they beat them about ninety, yeah. and they would never just get whomped like that. Yeah. So, yeah, they're going to be a dangerous team. They're they're play, playing very good. I'll tell you what else happened this weekend. What else? The fluctuating quad scale. They're now they now are they now have four quad one wins. Dan. Yeah, Mississippi. They went from three, and then they lost. State. Pitt went down to two, and the Mississippi State and Pitt came back. However, <laughs> another little nugget that I really loved: yes. there were only six teams in all of college basketball that had zero losses in quad two through four. That's them. And it was Houston, Purdue, UConn, Baylor, good teams. Yeah. but Well, that, Florida, that, well they're not in that anymore because Ole Miss has now fallen to quad two. So, if you're a seven seed, you play, it's 7-10, and then you play two, right? Correct. If you're 8-9, then you get a one. That's right. In the second round, I'm talking about, right. as long as you win You want to be a seven or a ten over an eight or nine, especially this year. Because that, the two seeds are, there won't be a big difference between Florida and the two seed, Dan. No, there won't. They'll play with them. It'll be a close. For listen, sure. Look at Florida's losses in the last... Yeah. Florida has now played like, I don't know, 10, 11, 12 games where the only losses are by one point in an overtime. Right. They lost A&M by a point. And they lost to Alabama in overtime. It's going to be fun to see how it finishes out. And, and it, it's the first time. It's in fun a... looking forward to it. It's disappointing, however, if they go. And, you know, I mean, it's like, okay, well, they get well, the tournament. That's sure, great. But they do. But yeah. I was going to say this. This yeah. is the first time. Even the Mike White team that made the Elite Eight run, that's not what you thought about them when that tournament started. Florida hasn't gone into the tournament where you thought you could write down that Final Four and not be completely off base. This right. is the best pre-tournament team that they've had in a while. It's probably since Billy took them to Dallas. So, there's that. Yes, they're, yes, and they handled Vanderbilt. and um, uh, They're no longer, like, 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 when you look at the bracketology, which you do, and it's, I mean, there's updated going into, he picks weird days to do it, by the way. I don't know. I wish he would do it. But anyway. Uh, going in. Oh, one other thing about college basketball. We got to stop the storm the court stuff. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's, it's clear ridiculous. now. And it's it's fine, but now kids kids have gotten out of control. We're having collisions. We don't it's need too this. Close to space. It's just got to stop. I agree. Uh, or 
let the player, let everyone leave the court and then storm it if you want. And the kids who win want to stay on it. That's, that's one thing. Too. But it's not it, hard. Here's what's annoying: they act like this is like so difficult to corral. Yeah. No, for a month you're gonna have to hire a bunch of OT and you're gonna line the court with police. Yeah, officers. it's not hard. And when little Johnny runs on, they're gonna take that billy club, whack, oh, gonna hit him in the whack head, whack Johnny, and then get drop him off him. the court, That's drop right. him like a and then we arrest bad him. habit. We whack him and we arrest him, and then it'll stop real quick. It's yeah, amazing. Stop. I don't see it in the NBA. No. It, anyway, the point is, it does. It needs. It needs to no longer go on. And especially and in basketball, not, football's not that big a deal. You got wide open space. Yeah, but. And, it, and they're also padded up. But it's not <laughs> – they started to spin this while it was partly Filipowski. No. Is that the kid's name, Filipowski? Filipowski, yeah. It, it wasn't Filipowski's no. fault because he – I don't care if he put his – I don't care if he pushed the kid back. I watched. Stay away that's, from that's him. That's not true. He shielded himself. Well, like he pushed off put his the, leg. I didn't see it, no, so I, I haven't the examined whole thing. I did, it. But, I did watch it ten times. And anyone who puts it at all in the Duke player is a moron. That's well, yeah. all there is to but it. But there's a lot of that yeah. going on. And there's that, a lot of that's moron. That's not the in, point. Yeah. Yeah. You correct. know, right. you don't go where he is. Yes, correct. Again, Dummies? start throwing some arrests and some fines, and then kids yeah. aren't going to want to jump on. Here's another one that I saw uh, Seth Greenberg talk about. He's on the ESPN panel. Yes. And that is, or let the let your players go into the stands then. Then the stands will find out what they really want. Yeah. Now your players, let them go up into the student section, and they can mob well, them it's there. Real. And like you said, it's it's, it's really easy. You, you, yeah, you don't the whack them, but you, you – <laughs> li- <laughs> yeah, Jeff went a little too far. I just we don't meant, whack them, but you like just dip. line the court with the yellow shirts and say, yeah, don't come on the court. If yeah, you come on the court, you'll be arrested. That's right. Okay, there All you right. go. Game over. All right, we'll take a break. End of the 8 o'clock hour, lots to do. Fun stuff uh, rocking and rolling uh, right here on the uh, Monday version of The Drill on 1010XL 92.5 FM. All right, welcome back. Uh, news out of the uh, Combine. Caleb Williams will wait until his pro day to throw and work out for scouts. He'll be an Indy for the scouting Combine, but he won't throw for teams. I'm the man. Pick me if you well, A lot of them uh, do that these days. The um, interviews start today. The on-field stuff that people get a little juice for doesn't begin until Thursday. So these first few days, it'll be... Uh, we don't have like a measurement guy we're dying to see this year, do we? Like every year, there's yeah. a measurement guy, right? right. Uh, how big are his hands? The, how tall the is Anthony he? Anthony Richardson of this year. Well, uh, last year was Bryce Young. Just how small uh-huh. was Kyler Murray? We've had a few through the years. I can't think of anybody who it's really, um, you know, really uh, uber important for as far as their size. Or now, I will say this: I think it. I think it matters, and this happens to fit with one of our quote unquote local prospects. I think it matters how fast Keon Coleman runs. I think if Keon Coleman could go in those low to mid four fours. He could be a first-round pick, and if he trots out some four-five-three, he won't be. I saw somebody talking about uh, the hit and miss of the receiver position, and the misses primarily are when you go first round and you don't get a guy low four-fours, he don't work. Now you can get slower receivers later in the draft for sure, right? But when you use that first-round pick on a guy who's not running, you know, at least like a four-four-two, you could have some issues. Yeah, I know. Just saying, this one was documented. It wasn't his opinion. Oh, that's what they're saying, right? You that that top end speed. If you're going to take a receiver, yeah, you, you better not take a guy who ran a four five one. If Keon Coleman runs that, that's no, I was thinking point. of uh, like I don't know his time. There but, aren't many slow receivers yeah. either. Not slow, but four five ain't slow. I and especially if you put the again, they don't run in pads. Right. Some guys run faster in pads. Yeah. I just uh, I don't know. I I, I, I Keon I, Coleman ain't running a four four. I would never I let. Think. Now there's a cutoff time. I think. 
and you're saying it's four. That I don't. I'm, I no, guess, I'm, this is straight. This no, isn't about you, can you. you be a good player. This is like if you're going to draft yeah, a receiver yeah, yeah, in the yeah. first round, it's awful dicey if he doesn't run like less than a four four five. Like you know, comes to mind, and I don't know. Anquan Bolden. Yes. Was he a first rounder though? Second rounder, I think. He was. Yeah. It's funny that you thought of him, though. Why did I think of him and you think of him? Because he doesn't seem real fast to me. Right. Uh, as far as, I get Heinz Ward might be another one. You know, not so, those guys aren't first rounders, though. I don't think Bolton's a first rounder. I think he's second, third rounder. Mike Evans, four, five, three. Okay. He worked. Antonio Brown, four, five, six. That's surprising. Yeah. He might have been drunk when he. <laughs> <laughs> Had something in his pocket, maybe in carry. DeAndre Hopkins, four five seven. Oh well, those that's... Devontae Adams, four five six. Okay, maybe he's saying just wow. Demarius four... Thomas, four five two. Yeah, Des wow. Bryant, four five two. Cooper Cup, four six two. Yeah, those are fa- that's fake news. Because well, you can. All, all those guys, those are all really. They good play players. faster too. Yeah, like, that's true too. That's really what I'm saying. Fun. I just can't, you know. Juju four five four, Deontay Johnson four five three, Tyler Board four five eight, Cortland Sutton four five four, Michael Pittman four five two. I don't know. I mean, like I said, I agree. I agree so with four, your premise. Nah, I just well, there don't you know. Go. It just looks like you don't want to go four six. It's just what that says. Yeah, I think there's a cutoff. Like I remember talking to Del Rio about this years ago, and he always told me there's a cutoff time where we say, okay, if you're this slow at whatever position, we can't. We this is where we don't take you. And the, and the success stories in those realms are fewer and further between. Sure. Like, we always want to point out that, well, they didn't take him because he ran a 4-7. Here's what you can't do. And we do. leave out the 41 other players who ran 4-7 who couldn't, right. <laughs> who aren't in the league. Here's what you can't do. You can't suddenly go, this guy just ran a 4-2-2. Let's take him ninth, yeah. John Ross. Right? Yeah. Yeah. You can't do yeah. that. Yeah. That's what you can't. You still got to, again, it's a piece of the puzzle. Willie was always big on talking to us about that because Willie was slow. Willie Jackson. Yeah. But he would say, Dan, go watch me play. See if the first guy ever brings me down. I, is it? And he was right. Is there a place? I mean, we, we talk about this, so maybe it's just silly talk. But yes, it, it should, would it be silly to put him in shoulder pads and a helmet at least? No, I think it'd be great. Like just You don't have to put on the whole uniform. Yeah. Put him in shoulder pads and a helmet and let him run the 40. Yeah. I mean, is that, would that be silly? Why, why don't, in, like, Think of it in these terms. They are so over the top in the NFL about prepping, right? Right. I mean, the analytics, they 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 pour money and time and resources. Wouldn't that one little change be valuable? Like give you give you just a little bit more intel? It's so weird how certain things will I think change with time and certain things won't. You know? Like it's like obvious things. And you sit there and you in sports and you wonder and they then they just don't do anything. I don't know. We'll see. It'll be an interesting week. And again, the Jags will be there. And our DreamFinders Homes poll question this morning, what part of the offense still bothers you from the December collapse? We're over 500 votes. Got about an hour to go. And uh, offensive line is the runaway. And it should be. The offensive line, again, hurt feelings aside, I'm sure they can take out uh, some $100 bills from the bank and Mm -hmm. wipe their tears away if if this if these terrible evaluations hurt them but the offensive line is killing this football team's window yeah they're killing it it's all on you guys and to the point i'm going to accuse the offensive line from last year in the offseason not lifting a weight right like, I don't think they lifted a weight at all i think maybe they sat around and <laughs> ate some i think they went fishing 
Yeah, uh-huh. I think you can uh-huh. find them on a Golf, deep sea. Golfing. Golfing. Yep, yep, they yep. probably went golfing. You know, they, they vacation in the Hamptons. I am accusing the offensive line last year from the uh-huh. from January fifteenth uh-huh. until yes, August first. Yeah, none of them lifted a single weight. Not a weight. Not one. Mm. Not one bench press. Yeah, I don't know that's true, but I, they was, certainly. You know what they didn't do, they, Dan? Didn't have the offseason workouts. They didn't go. You know to what those. they didn't do? They got. They, got, they didn't yeah. put on one of those hernia belts and grab those big those big ropes. You know what I'm yeah. talking about? Yeah. And do this? Yeah, they didn't do that. They weren't doing any of that. No. Dan. The you know workouts. what they were doing? <laughs> Let me show you what they were doing. What are they doing? Drinking coffee, feet oh, up, feet up. Uh, oh, that's a brew. Oh, yeah, feet up like that. That's a brew. You're drinking alcohol this morning. Maybe they fish for brim or something. You know, maybe they. Uh huh. Uh-huh. But they didn't lift any weight. So this year we probably, probably uh, have them lift some weights. A couple college baseball news and notes: Gators sweep uh, Columbia. The Ivy League came down here. Jack Cags pitched for the first time yesterday, three innings, struck out a lot, gave up a couple runs. Florida. Looks like they can hit the ball pretty well, so it'll be interesting to see what they do going forward. There was a great, though, uh, Nick De La Torre is a guy who covers the Gators in Gainesville. And he covers baseball as well as football. And he alerted us. I've been to the, the, to the new ballpark. It's, it's very nice. But there's something going on at the new ballpark that is really just shame on them. Uh, and, and Nick showed it at the uh, concession stand. You know how much a cheeseburger costs at the concession stand in Gainesville, Conjure Eight dollars higher. That's that, a yeah. burger. Well, and they want me to send them money for the NIL. <laughs> That's what Florida's telling me. Oh dear. The athletics department needs some cash. Oh boy. Do you know what ballpark burgers look like too? Right. Yeah. Okay, we ain't getting some. <laughs> they ain't even a Bubba Burger. It's not even a Bubba Burger. <laughs> I don't know what. I don't ten, know what type bucks, of burger. Ten bucks. Twelve. How much? Huh? How much? It's a little higher than that. A little higher than twelve dollars. A little higher than that. Sixteen dollars for a burger. Cheeseburger. Sixteen dollars for a cheeseburger. And they need my nil money. I get a lecture on social media Uh how we're not doing enough. Uh, I'm sorry, it's more than that. Oh my god. Yeah. I bring my own cheese. Yeah. The idea is if you're going to go, it's a great park, but if you're going to go there, you probably want to. That's wrong. By probably want to bring. In eat no world, in no context, is that right? You haven't and guessed the number yet, by the way. I'm $24? It's a $19 for a cheeseburger. That can't, well, there's gotta, that's got to be something special. It's lined with no. gold or caviar. It's got to be something. It says ground beef burger patty, American cheese lettuce, pickles. You do get a, one of those brioche buns. No, that's a big enough offense. That house fried swamp chips. Yeah, I think that that is a big enough offense mm-hmm. uh-huh, uh-huh. that for a week, no one should go to a Gator baseball game. Oh, dear. Yeah, they should um, just about, I mean, I'm sorry. I, what are we doing? $19, man, at a college baseball uh, game? Chicken tenders with fries. 16 19 Yeah, this Smoked stupid. barbecue yeah. pork melt, 19 Brisket nachos, 17 Chicken Caesar wrap, 14 Those are your special That's things. weak, man. Yeah. That's weak. I thought that was interesting, though, that he brought that. Uh, to good, our uh, good on uh, on the text. By the way, a dude on the text line said he drove down. It was daughter week at the sororities or whatever, daddy daughter week, and he took the girls, and he was very impressed with how much Gator baseball they knew, and they knew about Jack Caglione. And then they got to the game; they were sitting on the third base line, and Caglione got to third, and then he realized what all the fuss was about. <laughs> Why the girls liked <laughs> both baseball and Jack. Um, Jack Cags. Jack Cags. He's a popular guy. He's going to be a millionaire. So yeah, yeah. He's he's. Um, I saw is it Kylie McDaniel that does the prospect list and he puts them in tiers that I don't really understand. But Caglione was in his top, you know, seven to ten players. Yeah, Caglione will be a first round pick. He'll be top, probably top five, I think. Uh, and 
you know, he's up there at 98, 99 from the left side. So huge arm. We'll see if he can get his, the, the control under, under uh, wraps and, 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 and work on that. But yeah, it'll be an interesting year. So they won. I think FSU's still undefeated. They're off to a nice start. So that's good for them because they had a, you know, first year skip last year. Um, UNF swept a weekend series with Yale. We had a lot of Ivy League teams down here, by the way. Oh, and we should uh, JU a very much needed basketball win over UNF on yes, Friday. Yes. They have to. I mean, UNF is safe as far as the conference tournament goes. They're trying to play their way into a home game. Mm-hmm. You have to be top four, but JU literally probably needs to win out or maybe go three and one just to get into the tournament. Something they didn't do last year. Don't forget, right? Mincy had a great year that year. One, they went all the way to the conference championship game. Okay, then missed the tournament last year. If you miss a tournament, it's bad. Yeah, you don't miss a tournament. You don't miss a tournament. So, anyway, some college baseball stuff going on and, and, and throughout the, uh, the, the area. And also, one other uh, sports note I wanted to bring up. Shout out to all of our uh, – E, you were out there uh, Friday. You went to Providence Episcopal. You went and watched our guys play. Booming out there. Um, big crowd. Uh, uh, Brooksy said never seen anything like it as far as the crowd. Congrats to Jimmy Martin. Another Final Four for Coach Martin. So, a shout out to him. Shout out to Hilliard. Shout out to Pontevedra, three straight Final Fours. Our, our Richie guys are going, Sammy's going back. Nice. So uh, congrats to them. Shout out to James Collins and Jackson. They've won 20 games in a row. They beat uh, Reigns. And so congratulations to them. On the girls' side, Providence, Pontevedra are going back. BK, maybe? Bishop Kenny's going for the sixth straight year. Uh, the fighting Joe Deegans are going. So congrats to them. So a lot of... Uh, Hopefully I didn't miss anybody, but if I did, shout out to all y'all. And then soccer, we got we got state championship stuff going on. Uh, I think Pontevedra, Creekside girls are in there. So um, again, whoever I missed, I apologize. Yeah, but a lot of good high school to, stuff. We'll talk to... more tomorrow on the Locket Law High School Report and bring you up to date on some of the stuff going on in the world of high school sports. But it's a great time. It's it's uh, it's uh, and baseball and softball are underway and rolling. So away we go with the uh, spring stuff. I love the new Russell Wilson haircut. I've just seen it. What do you got? It's gone. Finally, yeah, it's finally, gone. finally gone. What yeah. a foo-foo looking hair he's been sporting around for the last few years. He went from being Yoda like to. There he is, to... right there. Just looks like a. He, he actually looks like a normal dude, man. Yoda, would you get a haircut like the new Russell Wilson? Did he look? Does he look <laughs> tougher with that haircut or no? He. he uh, or does he look the same to you? Uh, nah, same. Uh, he could have lined it up and say, "Look like he just took. He just got a buzz cut." Yeah, that's right. He he looks like, like it's just like you know, no nonsense yeah, athlete, that, not some pretty was. boy. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. All right, and I stand corrected on the text line. Of course, Damn it. of course, the 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 offensive line they they did lift weights last okay. year, right. but they limited them to the 12 ounce curls. Mm. A lot of those. You have confirmed probably. that. Yeah, I think that they would get together. They'd have a pillow fight once a week. They have all kinds of activities. The offensive line. They like to hang out together in the off season. Uh, they have a pillow fight week. Did you watch yeah, any? They all, get, they all get together and they have uh, pillow fights. They they also have a week where they make cotton candy and bubble gum. Did um, you watch any spring yeah. training this weekend? I saw that my Atlanta Braves, you know. You right... saw, but did you watch any? No, okay. not, a, not a penny, okay. not a second. All right. My Braves jolt this weekend uh-huh. uh, came from an apparently completely healthy uh, Tyler Matzik back in the. Uh-huh. That's good. Yeah, it's great. We got oh, a really yeah. good bullpen. Oh, yeah. So, so you're happy about that. Oh, yeah, for yeah. sure. There was a unique, I don't know who hit it, but a unique inside the park home run. I saw that. A simple pop fly. That was the Rays yesterday, I believe. So I did Rays see Tigers. The, yeah. 
And the yeah, a simple a simple pop fly into into sort of the Bermuda Triangle area, like center, uh, right, second baseman, shortstop, center fielder, right fielder, all converging. And the shortstop ball, is diving for the ball. Ball bounces off the ground. Nobody gets it, and it gets knocked away. Well, it's so funny. The guy is sliding toward the ball with on his belly. He tries to get it, and the timing of the ball bounces in the air, and his back legs kick up towards his waist as he's going through. And then so it hits the ball perfectly, and he kicks the ball with the bottom of his foot back uh-huh. up over his shoulders out toward the outfield wall, and the guy was able to round the bases for a And then just another odd baseball moment that I'll pass on. Alcorn State and Ole Miss are playing, and there's a runner on first base, and the lefty goes to pick him off at first. The ball never leaves the infield, and my man from first scores. Here's how it happens. So, okay, set this, this. Guys on first. Okay. Alcorn State, Ole Miss. Okay. Uh, uh, I got the rest. I was. Okay. The, the Alcorn State lefty throws over to first. Okay. They got him picked off. He's taken off to second. First, our, our first baseman throws the ball down to the uh, shortstop, who is, but it throws it high. So my man slides in safe. So there's disappointment. The Alcorn State infielders are standing there. He goes to flip it, and the third baseman had come too far close to second. So my guy at Ole Miss, he takes off for third. And he beats the catcher who runs down to third to get him out. And now they have a call. Well, guess that. what the mistake is. Now they is. have it covered home. Now there's nobody at home. He looks, and he takes off for home. You sure this wasn't Ole Miss against MAA? No. This is that is Miss. a total uh, little yeah. league yeah. Know, breakdown there for yeah. Alcorn. And so my man went from first to home on a pickoff. And the ball never left the infield. So, anyway, I thought that was cool. So, anyway, a lot of stuff happening in the sports world. We'll continue to discuss. Uh, turn our attention back to the NFL as well. Did we get ready for combine? Yes. Um, no, I'm sorry. I didn't mean I was going to let you finish. I thought you were done there. Do you um, do you know who Jake Diebler is? Jake Diebler. Jake Diebler? You guys know who Jake Diebler is? Nah. No. Uh, Jake Diebler. I took over at Ohio State. Oh, yeah. He's after their head coach was fired. He's had a couple good Sundays or he's Saturdays. Played, he's played uh, two games. Yeah. When he took over, the Buckeyes were 0-8 on the road this season. They've lost 17 straight on the road overall. Mm-hmm. They fired Chris Holtman on Valentine's Day, then promptly beat number 2 Purdue last weekend in Jake Diebler's debut. Yeah, the Deebs. They did lose to uh, Minnesota, but they got back on track. With a last-second uh, buzzer-beating win at Michigan State yesterday. Yeah. A place that's not easy to win. Yeah. So, Jake Diebler making the most of that. How many times – What what is the is one of the biggest mistakes and how many times has it been made <laughs> that a team gets a gets a push from, do a, it. from an interim and then hire them? It never works, does it? Sometimes it and does. I think about Fisher at it's Michigan. It's been a lot. The, yeah. Through the years, it all – I mean, NFL, it happens. I mean, across the board. I mean, didn't the Raiders hire Antonio Pierce just now? Yeah. Right, this offseason? Oh, yeah. yeah. Doug Marone. Doug Marone kept the job after getting it yeah. on an interim basis at the end of of one of his seasons here. So it, uh as we had to combine or had to as we had to break, we'll tell you on the combine news. Uh Jaden Daniels won't throw at the combine. Uh won't work out, which stinks. I want him to run. Uh Michael Penix Jr. does plan to throw. Bo Nix plans to throw. J.J. McCarthy plans to throw. But Jaden Daniels and Caleb Williams say no. Haven't heard about Drake May. But, you know, everybody's got their own plan. So, sometimes you take it as a good thing. Hey, they don't shy away from anything. You know, they take everything, you know. But, I don't know. It is what it is. <sighs> this is The Drill on 1010XL 92.5 FM. 
<laughs> I mean, we've been down that road. We understand that. But again, it, it does shake. You do shake your head when you look at like, and again, no, I mean, these guys got to get better, but Strange and Bigsby, if I, I and, and I don't, you know, what's going to be any different in year two? You know, that's well, here's the deal to too, Dan. We are to a point where contenders, they don't draft guys hoping that in three years they'll be good. We need those guys to be good last year. Right. So we see, need a Bigsby to be a right. rookie running backs are all over the league. Don't, right. don't give our guys right. passes because there are right. guys. I think of all the – and it may not all be Bigsby. Put it on the coaching. Put it on the playing time. Mm-hmm. Put it mm-hmm. on the development. Mm-hmm. Bigsby is one of the more disappointing draft picks we've had in a long time only because what was expected of him. He was supposed to make the run game better, and the run game not because of him. Don't get mm-hmm. me wrong. But the run game was worse. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But, again, it's all on the offensive line, man. I mean, at the end of the day, almost every single problem on this football team a year ago – can be traced back to them and their inability to be competent. They're incompetent at what they do in controlling masses of humanity and and allowing a team to be a good football team. Your offensive line can't be thirty first or thirty second two years. Around. It's amazing they've been nine and eight, Dan. Mm-hmm. If you if you say indeed that game that the NFL games are won and lost in the trenches, we have one of the worst offensive lines in the football by all analytics and evaluations. Two years in a row, the fact that we were nine and eight both years should be. Remarkable. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's terrible. They killed the quarterback this year. Dan, look at the injuries. Killed him. Concussion. AC joint. Knee. Ankle. They killed him. They killed him. Uh, important plays of the year, we have visuals of our center laying on his back. Pancaked. That just, yeah. It's, 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 and, and. You know, the only thing worse than failing at your player personnel is doubling down on there might be the right guy. We've always said that. The problem with blowing drafts, it's not the year you blow them. It costs you for three years because God knows that the Trent Balkies of the world are never going to admit to you they screwed up. Right. They're going to ride that horse till his legs break and then somehow maybe even tell you that it wasn't as bad as it was. So you don't just lose the ability to fill needs immediately, but these guys aren't going to say they're wrong. Parker Washington is going to get a lot of playing time next year. They'll show you. Right. They won't add another running back. They'll, they'll dig Bigsby. They'll show you. Well, well, we needed all those. Here's the thing. No matter what those guys are this year, and if they're greatly improved, terrific. We needed them to be ready last year. Mm-hmm. This is this NFL is not one of these deals where you, it's not baseball, Dan. You don't tank and build for five years and then maintain. Every year is a new year. If you're anywhere near the top, you better get guys that are going to impact you immediately now. All right, big news sort of for Florida football over the weekend. As they announced that assistant Russ Callaway will be co-offensive what coordinator. What does that even mean? You want an offensive what coordinator, it, Gator fans? You got one. Is Billy officially the offensive coordinator? Or does he have, he has another guy who's awful also, but neither one of them call plays? Is that what I'm Understanding. Well, somebody's got to call the plays. Doesn't Billy call the plays? Yeah, I think Billy will. Well, call that's them. what I mean. But yeah. doesn't he have already an offensive coordinator or no? Oh, no, I don't think so. Oh, never had one? Well, that's a good question. I don't know. I don't know who had the title. Yeah. Rob Sale has held that, the title, but he's an offensive line coach. Well, that's what I thought. Yeah. I mean, I thought he technically had it. On game day, is Rob yeah. Sale, though, up? Even if you don't have, I mean, uh, Napier being on the field, he's got to have a guy, eyes at the booth. Right. They but, like this guy, Callaway. He's 36. He's that young, energetic guy who had uh, uh, play-calling experience in Samford, where he was the coordinator from 16 to 19. He is um, – so we'll see what he's able to – how he's able to help the offense. Again, if you go back and look at last year, the, the offense was not the problem. The, you know, the offense was the least of the problems. You know, when you go 
it's defense, special teams, offense in that order. If you want to figure out why, for sure, why they were so bad, the they only, scored enough points to win football. I, I think where you would, I think that they have not gotten better at the at the timing, Dan. Right. They take too many penalties. as delay of games. They don't get the right personnel on. They can't get the field goal. That part of the in the offensive corner is where it seems like it could be yes. the sum of all the responsibility could 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 hurt Billy Napier at times. I would agree with that. So, um, we'll see. I mean, well, it, yeah, it, they it, scored, scored 38 against Vandy, 41 against South Carolina, 20 against Georgia, 36 against Arkansas, 35 against LSU, yeah. 31 against Missouri, and 15 against an FSU defense that shut out Louisville the following and, week. So. Well, and that was also with without Graham Mertz. They win that right. game with the quarterback. Yeah. I, you know, I don't want to say that for sure because they found a way to lose games. Yeah, but it would they would have scored more, and it would have been like a like you know down to the wire last yeah. possession type game. And and again, that's due to the fact that FSU doesn't have their quarterback. Don't get me wrong. I'm not yeah, selling right, you right, some right. scenario oh, here yeah, where yeah, the yeah. two teams are are near even, but I I don't know. It's just uh, sometimes you you get the blessing of everything falling into place, and for for Billy Napier because of this terrible start, he he's put himself in this position. It doesn't look like it's falling into place because the schedule's really tough, and you've lost you've lost talent that would have helped you this year. And so you know if he'd gone nine and three, eight and four these first couple of years, the the pressure. This is a year where you could take a step back and and be a good team, and no one would notice. They would allow it. Whereas, you know, if he goes five and seven this year, I don't know. You tell me they'll keep him. A five and seven years, Billy Napier back for year four. Oh gosh, I would think probably not. Yeah, I don't know. It's a hard one. I mean, if it's five and seven with him, you better upset Georgia or something. I mean, I don't, I don't know, know how you'd enough, be back. Yeah. I, but I do know that again. That's a. You know, then you're in that. It's it would be a tough one, man. Strickland would be standing alone. His job would be on the line. I I can't imagine people be going crazy. But you know, if Lagway's the talent that they say he is, I mean, at some point you want him to. I don't know. It's a it's a it's a tough spot, man. It's a tough spot. I was talking to a guy down in Gainesville this weekend who's connected to the Florida football program, and he asked me for my perspective on. And I think I was pretty accurate about it, but on Billy Napier and what the people are saying about Billy Napier and Gator Nation. He obviously has his own perspective. And I just told him straight up, I said, listen, I said, I think this is what I think. I think everyone who knows Billy Napier, who's around Billy Napier, absolutely loves the guy and respects the guy and loves what he's doing and loves what they're doing off the field and loves how he's building the program and loves how he's recruiting. Listen, the guy got two top 10 players in the country to come to Gainesville after three straight losing seasons. Okay. This will be the last. I think this will be the last instance of that. What do you mean? You can't, you can't do oh, it you anymore. Five and seven right? again? The, yeah. the, because, and I get that. Right. But let's look in fairly now at the other side. Uh-huh. The inability to win cost him a top three recruiting class and perhaps a much bigger feeling about what this season may bring. He had, he lost eight top 300 recruits because they didn't win. Eight were committed to Florida that didn't come. Eight. You, you think That's that, a lot. What, if they were seven and five, they I all would have come? I think they kept winning, yes. I think if they'd beaten Missouri, if they'd beaten Arkansas, they'd no, gone to, those would have made a difference. Yeah, I don't know that. They true. lost their last four. Well, I don't know if it's true or not. I know they didn't even go to a bowl when everybody and their mother goes to a bowl. That's fair. I think that the, 
the collect anyway. So I was telling him that, and I said, but with all that said, he's got to win. He's got to win on the field. And if he doesn't win, you know, I know, we all know Gator fan, Gator Nation. We know the patient's virtue is not a big one. And probably rightfully so after two years. And you throw in the extra year of losing. So it's three straight losing seasons, first time since the 40s. Florida football should never be this bad. Now, unfortunately, he gets dealt a bad hand because he's got an unbelievably tough schedule. But, you know, you're going to have to navigate and pull off an upset or two along the way. And I don't know. I... I don't think it's I don't think it's blind faith. I told you I've taken the route of trying to be optimistic because and look forward to the season because I can't sit here and be pessimistic over and over and over again. I want to have hope. And so I think that the younger guys on defense, they usually make that jump after they go through that one year of playing and getting, you know, learning. I think they'll be better. I think the addition of some of the coaches will be better. I think some experience on the defensive side will be better. And he told me some things about some of the coaches who left and and I, all fair points. I totally get there inside the walls optimism and I'm hopeful, but it, it is hard to see a team flipping a switch and going nine and three. It's really hard to Dan, because it's just, I mean, the game changes. We don't always recognize it as fans, mm-hmm. but there are enough Gator fans that have been around. Like you said, he walked into a really tough situation. Really? Mm-hmm. Was it tougher than Galen Hall who took over and immediately got slapped with what basically was the death penalty. Mm-hmm. And then in 1985, his first year as a full-time head coach had to play number eight LSU on the road, had to play number 14, Tennessee, yeah. had to play at number six, Auburn, mm-hmm. had to play number 12 FSU, by the way, beat all of them. Yeah, but he was had, it, had three first round picks at running back. Well, there you go. Not, <laughs> not, mean, well, yeah. not in 85. He was down to two, <laughs> but I, I'm just saying, I mean, yeah. this, 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 I, I, I can't, I'm not buying at this stage this. Yeah, you're not buying it. Unmountable difficulty. Yeah. It's Florida. It's unmountable difficulty, Dan, at Mississippi State. Yeah. You know, at, at, at places where you mm-hmm. don't have the resources or the legacy Again, to fix it quick. And part of the issue will be, continue to be, as they continue to understand and work through and, and sort of get their Florida victorious off up and running, they're going to have to figure that out going I forward think, as well. I think my concern is this. My concern, I know. My concern is that we're using it as an excuse. The Florida victorious. Oh. We have lost three or four games strictly because of coaching errors. That's that's not an NIL. That's not I'm not spending my fifty bucks. I'm not saying that it's not a factor and it might be. Uh-huh. I'm saying it's a, it's a dangerous to mm-hmm. as, to assume mm-hmm. that we're sub five hundred every year because our NIL program isn't up to snuff. That's all. Yeah, I would say. Yeah, but I would also Careful. say if the NIL program was comparable to what these okay. other schools Ole Miss are, is a good example. I'd be curious to Ole see. Ole Miss is a yeah. good example because they have I mean, you would be left. much more excited as a Gator fan if you had those 11 transfers coming into Florida uh, yeah. of instead course. of leaving. Yeah. And I would also be more exciting if he didn't coach his way out of four or five wins and we were at least a bowl team mm-hmm. with a, a with recruiting classes yeah. that have a better chance to get kept together. The Gators on the phone. Good morning, Ox. Good morning, Guggen. Morning, Guggen. I have had a uh, tough weekend, and it relates to the University of Florida. Oh, no. What happened? Your alma mater, the uh, Ox Gator. Yeah, the alma mater. Mm-hmm. Uh, the daughter was rejected. Oh, no. Uh, hey. With a four four eight GPA. Oh, no. Um, you know, sure you want to send him that NIL uh, money, Ox? Hey, no, I just no sent him. Yeah. There'll be no more. Thank there'll you. Be no more. Yeah, thank you. I, uh, <laughs> um, I talked to Hicken about this last <laughs> night. I was venting, and I said that I was going to make an announcement that I 
just going to be an observer from now on. I don't give a damn about the Gators. I can't go that far. Cooler heads are prevailing. But it just it makes me sad for the future of the university. Yeah. Because they have a lot of out-of-state and a lot of international students that they're admitting to try and inflate numbers. And to me, it's a short-term game. Mm-hmm. Simply because they, those kids are going to go back to, you know, New Jersey or India or Germany or wherever they're from, mm-hmm. and they're not going to give a damn about stopping LSU on fourth and one. They're not going to care about how the basketball team's doing. Right. They're not going to send a dime. Right. So they might have this short-term game. Right. And they might inflate these, you know, be the number one public university in the nation. Right. But I would rather them be the number thirty public university in the nation and go 10 and 2. I would agree. I, I, I would agree wholeheartedly. Ox, I'll ask you this question. We were talking about it over the weekend and it's, it's Friday was Florida day. And mm-hmm. so I get it, man. It's a, it's a disappointing. Ox, we were in the same boat, by the way. So when you, when you've heard me talk, like yeah. you just said, I've been stewing on this for four or five years. I was in the exact same boat. My daughter had the same credentials as you. I'm a graduate of the University of Florida. Mm-hmm. And the willy-nilly way that they control kids' lives without anyway, giving a crap, yeah. I, I'm not sending them my money. Y'all do it. Get your own blood I mean, money. I, I, I know you guys know this, but a lot of the listeners don't know. The buddy of mine and I started the Beaches Gator Club. We, were, we generated over $50,000 for that university in scholarship funds. Uh-huh. And they don't care. They don't you know? care. It's like, oh, thanks. And I guess I guess the only thing I would say, and I'm not defending it, but we talked about this, and it's like I don't know what the solution is. There are uh, Ox told me that was it what seventy thousand applicants, yeah, seventy thousand, sixty five hundred spots, half out of state. Now you could go, you could go. I think North Carolina does something where they take almost everybody from North Carolina and very few out of state. You could do that, which would I would be mm-hmm. in favor of. Um, uh, and 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 and. But I still think you're not going to get it. Say that's so if 6,500, that's 3,750 that are getting in from the state. Mm-hmm. And you're just going to have, like, you talk, I think you said like three kids or four kids from her school got from, in. From her school got in. I mean, yeah. it's, and it's, and how many high schools are there in the state? Did you say 2,200? 2,200. If you do the math, it doesn't add up. I don't know what the solution right. is, but I feel sad that our kids can't seem to get into well, our it's school. Also, it's also this too, in this era of like um, transparency and fairness, and, and and this is not to take away from the other three from Ox's daughter's school that got in. Mm-hmm. Odds are, if you compared those resumes side to side, you won't notice that theirs is any better. So that's another one. How do well, you right. do, do? We it's hard a, to justify. Do we flip a coin? Correct. Because I know my daughter. It almost comes down again, to that. Again, you're losing to other girls with great credentials. Mm-hmm. But there yeah. were a number, you know, that my daughter had friends at the time that got in with much less credential than she has, which yeah, tells me they put, put they put you in a generator. They if you yeah. are if you're Florida material. They put you in a generator and just yeah, spit, spit I, it out. They don't do that. I believe they do. I don't. They don't. Yeah. They. I know. I, go I ahead, Ox. On, I put it on Twitter uh-huh. and uh, it, it kind of went viral. It ended up having about as of this morning like thirteen hundred likes. And mm-hmm. There were people that responded. You know that their kid got in with a lower GPA. Yeah, and it just doesn't make sense how it's done. I have no idea how it's done. I don't know if it's fair or not. I mean, my daughter will be fine. She'll. Yeah, she'll grad be, school, you right. know, I mean, she'll be fine. But and by it, the way, it, there are, and again, it just depends how much you want it, and some people don't, and I totally get it. My daughter got deferred. She ended up waiting and going into January, and she went to Florida. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's a way to do it. There's, it, You don't know. By the way, all of our daughters, so very good. All yeah. of our sons, uh, not yeah, so much. Yeah, I don't get better, it. Much, <laughs> yeah, the boys, the boys that are 
<laughs> That's a different story for another time. <laughs> but I, it, it's it's there are other pathways to get in if you really want to go in. Uh, but it's 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 just unfortunate, and I hate it for Ox, and I hate it for. Yeah, she was accepted there. Yeah. I hear the music. He was accepted Get there. used to it, yeah. Ox. Yeah. Be, yeah. Be, two years, we're going to look up into Section 412 <laughs> over there at Doak. Gator. We're going to see Ox, no shirt, Gator. his face painted. Oh, Gator. Doing the chop. Oh, Gator. Doing Doing Break my heart, Doing Gator. All right. All right. Well, it's a Monday morning quarterback. Divorcementonly.com. All right. A uh, couple things. Uh, by the way, chicken fingers and fries at a... Basic stand in Disney, Tomorrowland, Magic Kingdom, 11 bucks. Florida baseball, 19. The boys, Florida's catching some. They should. Uh, yeah, they should be getting all kinds of strays. There's no college program that should charge you $19 for a cheeseburger yeah. unless they're just greedy. Yeah, yeah. Unless they just live off of unadulterated greed. Yeah. They yeah. may. But listen to me. I don't know when, at what point, we thought that the University of Florida isn't a freaking $100 million profit corporation. Yeah. This is a joke, man. Yeah. They act like they're they're living off of GoFundMes. Yeah. They're rolling in money down there. The GNP that's better than any city in our state. Well, so bleep them. Come well, on, man. The one, thing I'll, the one thing I'll say about the like the NIL and stuff, and I'll say this about every school and every every coach in the country. You know, they sit there, and, and, and again, I know it doesn't work this way, but I don't care. If I was a head coach and I was making $8 million a year at a Power 5 school, I'd say, well, the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to give a million personally to the collective. Uh, I want to do that, so take me down to seven, and I'll give a million. That's my donation. You have to do that. I want you all to join me if you can and, and blah, 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 but if you don't, that's fine. So I, I, I have it doesn't bother me either way, whatever you do. But but I would see that. The other thing that you just touched on is Florida Athletics makes a lot of money. Profit. Not all of them do. Many of them don't. Right. If you make profit, well, put some of that back into it, if that's what you got to do, if you really are serious about winning. Anyway. I think they take it and give it to the art club, Dan, yeah. and then the, the NASA Space Club. Again, it's the... So enough. Uh, anyway, yeah. enough about that. I, I promised you this skit from Saturday Night Live. I want you to listen. This is pretty funny. It's about... It's spot on about sports gambling. Sports gambling is overrun. We talk about it all the time. Or, you know, it's too prevalent kids, right now, too. I, I have easy apps. Uh, people enjoy it. I don't think it's good. I think more people fall into, into trouble because of it. I don't but, like how easy it is for kids all over the country yeah. to throw half their paychecks on, on basketball without any difficulty, right. without any. They make it, in fact, they encourage young kids. Like, they'll get, there's apps that you can get where they will give you, like, you know, a dollar right. an hour it's or just, whatever. It, which doesn't they work. They want to lure you in. Yeah. So, anyway, here's SNL's response to the gambling the thrill of victory, the satisfaction of placing a bet and watching it hit big, the exhilaration of an upset only you saw color. With betting apps right on your phone, it's easier than ever to turn your passion for sports into cold, hard cash. And with so many games to bet on, you almost can't lose. But there's a dark side as well. Oh, no. We all know a friend who struggles with online gambling. A friend who's on the verge of losing everything. His house, his family, Damn. his entire life. Generate. And now you can bet on exactly how he'll lose it all. <laughs> with Rock Bottom Kings. 
It's the only app that lets you take prop bets about how your degenerate gambler friend is finally going to hit rock bottom. Will it be goes double or nothing on a random WNBA game? Or bets his child's college fund on the coin toss? And when your friend is desperate for cash, you can bet on what his lowest moments will be. Will he take out a life insurance policy on his own mother? Will he set up a fake GoFundMe that says he has leukemia? And what will he sell first? His PS5 or his kidney? And you can build a parlay about everything that could happen to him. Divorce, Mary's rich old widow, arrested for elder fraud, and fakes his own death, but is immediately caught when he uses an app to gamble. <laughs> With Rock Bottom Kings, you'll feel like you're Rock in the game. Bottom the game of your friend versus his horrible demons. But again, addiction is a real problem. And we take it very seriously. <laughs> sure you do. That's why all these gambling ads are full of cash, gold, fireworks, gold. and flames exploding everywhere. Because you're not a loser. Your friend is. They say the house always wins. Well, now you're the house. And your friend is probably going to lose his. Does it seem a little cruel to bet on your friend's devastating addiction? Sure. But it's also hilarious. So however your friend bottoms out, make sure you cash out at Rock Bottom Kings. Download Rock Bottom Kings today. Because gambling is serious. Seriously awesome. Rock Bottom Kings. He's the one with the problem. It's so true. The Isn't one, that it? The one aspect of it is true, that they'll they'll show you a minute of people dancing and making it rain and putting on gold chains, and then the guy comes on in the suit up in the, you know, in the hallway. We take gambling very seriously. If you right, or anyone yep. you know has uh -huh. a gambling problem, call God, get the hell out of here. 904. It's the Monday Morning Quarterback. Divorcementonly.com. All right, 9-11, welcome back. 9 o'clock, nasty time. Some big news today as we learn that Peter King retired. Boom, he's out. Fort retired, Peter King retired. It's sort of a changing in the National Football League. And uh, that Monday quarterback or Monday morning quarterback or whatever you want to call it column is really up for grabs. You know, be interesting to see who grabs it and, and goes forward with it. Now, who he does it for, is that his own brand, or does he work for a company that he who? did that for? Peter? Peter. I think he did it for... He just did it. Or no. Did he work... Is it, like, under... under I think umbrella? NBC paid him okay. for it. It's, it's, it's NBC's so site, but... I got you. But, I mean, I would always go on Twitter to, to read it, so... Okay. I would just go to his Twitter, where it would be posted, and that's how I did it. So, really, in a way... Like I said, he was he's one of those guys who... He's one of those guys who could... Really, literally, just do it on his own. Have you subscribe, and yeah, people would pay for. It. That's what I was wondering if that's what he did, especially via, you know, Twitter or X. Yeah, or whatever and there are others who it. do it, like Albert Breer does one. There's yeah, a, yeah. a lot of guys do the notes page. The notes pages have always been great. I've uh, always yeah, loved they, the notes. They've page. lost their uh, steam a little bit because yeah. we get constantly noted up. Like you yeah. know, I used to love way back, like sports, uh, sporting news. Yeah, had that note on the fly. The, mm. Remember that? Yeah, the fly. They give you all the little rumors. It was like social media before social media a little bit. So, uh, but it's uh, funny. The beauty of a homecoming is in the eye or, I guess in this case, the uh, reaction of the beholder. Okay. We had two homecomings in sports last night. They could not have gone down any differently. Two homecomings in sports? Yeah. All right. Doc Rivers returned to Philadelphia last night where he coached the Sixers to oh, what most would most would call unfulfilled uh, you know, yeah. hopes. Yeah. And he just got booed mercilessly every time he was introduced or stood up. Yeah. I've been doing it for a long time. I don't know if I've ever seen, though, what I saw last night in Chicago. Chicago. I just, I don't know if I've ever seen what I saw in Chicago. Like, I'll give you, when Freddie Freeman returned to Atlanta, uh -huh. 
you know, just a year after winning the World Series. Okay. You know, the very next season. Mm-hmm. And remember, he came back to Atlanta, and he, he was roundly received. He cried in the pregame. Mm-hmm. When he went up to bat, it was a standing ovation. He had to step out of the box. He had to turn it down. And by the eighth inning, when Freddie Freeman came up to bat, they were booing him. <laughs> you remember that, Dan? Yeah. We've seen that before. Sure. Well, this dude, Patrick Kane, goes back to Chicago last Kainer. night as a member of the Detroit Red Wings. Yeah. It's a big night. Former Chris, Ranger great. Chris Chelios is getting his, <laughs> his uh, number retired. And, oh, okay. And, and, you know, it's a Chelios night. Uh, Connor Bedard is returned. So, it's a matchup of two former number one picks. But Patrick Kane may be the most popular Blackhawk ever. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, number one pick of the Blackhawks. Well, I say, oh, yeah. I, I sh- think I he should, is. I should. But he won three cups. That's what him. I'm saying. Yeah. He won three cups as a top pick. He did everything you're supposed to do as a top pick. He lived up to every he won, a possible he won. hope. He was like a rookie of the year. He won uh, MVP of the playoffs, and he won the MVP award all different times. And so. he's been gone from Chicago for a while. That's why yesterday yes. surprised me so much because wouldn't you say the Detroit Red Wings are, would be a, a pretty staunch rival of the Blackhawks? Oh, gosh, yeah. Right? Title town. I mean, hockey town. That's a, it's a big deal. Yes. Well, Kane now plays for Detroit. Yes, he does. He goes back to Chicago. He's not near the player that he used to be. In the pregame warm-ups, they just loved him. They put a just a right. arena of love on Patrick Kane. Right. Chris Chelios in his address of the crowd before the game. You know, I, there, there's a guy here tonight, Patrick Kane. He'll be standing here just like I am in a few years. Just do me a favor. Don't upstage my night. Right. All right. So then you fast he forward. He only left two years ago, by the way. Okay. So then, then you fast forward. You get into the game. It goes down. It gets into overtime. There's a breakaway. And who picks up the puck at, the, at the center line? But Patrick Kane. And Kane goes down in Chicago. Right. Playing for the Red Wings. Right. He beats the goalie, and the place erupts. Oh, no. Like the Blackhawks just won. Really? That's how much they love. Mm. Love them some Patrick Kane. Now, I think Chicago is well out of playoff chase, right? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. So, this wouldn't be a particularly important game. Actually, he was traded last year from Chicago okay, to the Rangers. So maybe so. this is the first yeah. time he's returned. I just assume you it said he played for been. the Rangers. Well, yeah, but he got hurt. He only played 19 yeah. games, so I doubt he went. It may to be Chicago. his first yeah. return. So it might they, be. And they showed him a lot of, but but showing love and then cheering when he wins the game—that's a different thing. Like Freddie Freeman comes to Atlanta, he gets the thing. If yeah, he hits, wanna, yeah. if he hits a 19-inning home run, yeah. they're going to throw the ball back and they're going to boo him. They're not going to all stand and give a standing ovation, which is what the Chicago crowd did last night, which was you know more than anything else different. Yeah, that was that was cool. They went wild, huh? Absolutely wild. Well, the, they haven't had a lot to cheer about in a lot of years, so. Bedard's yeah. good. You know, that number one pick looks yeah, like oh, he's yeah. going to live up to being a number one pick. Mm-hmm. I think we went, uh, I think we had a guy go over 100 points. Kucherov from Tampa. Shout out to Charlton K. Ganey squad. Uh, that's, you know, that's a, that's a, that's an accomplishment in the, in the National Hockey League. If you do that, you go over 100 points and. Doesn't happen all the time. So, anyway, uh, yeah. So, my Rangers lost after 10 straight wins, so I was not talking hockey today. Well, this is where the old cliche, can't win them all, comes in. Cry me a river. Yeah. Well, they got 10 in a row. I My Hawks stink. Uh, Trey Young is now out for four weeks, so we'll be better. But they do have a, something uncanny. He's out for four weeks? Yeah. What do you do? He tore a ligament in his finger. Oh. Um but they, the, the, the Hawks do continue like an uncanny little run they have right now. The Magic aren't terrible anymore, Dan. They're good. They're a right. playoff team. They're right. getting better, right? Right. Atlanta beat them 3-1 this year. They've won 12 out of 13 against the Magic overall. 
We just mm. play the magic every you know, we go sixty and twenty, we'd be a top seed. Wow. That's impressive. Um yeah, they beat him again last night is the point. They did it without Trey Young. When Trey Young doesn't play, DeJounte Murray plays like a, you know, like a wild a world. Yeah. yeah. He's so happy. So happy not to throw it into the black hole known as Trey Young. Get it back. Um, yeah, Trey Young is um Yeah, I don't know if it's uh, no, it's just it's just not good enough. Trey Young's not a terrible player. I know. It's just you had Luca and you didn't take him. That's yeah. why, you know. I was uh I was at a uh told you I was at Spurrier's on Friday night having dinner. One of my fraternity brothers lives in Dallas. Okay. And so, um, and he's been out there for 20 years or so, a long time, and done well. And I asked him, I said, well, what is your, what is your favorite sports team? Okay. In Dallas? In Dallas. And he goes, well, he goes, I was, I was a, he's from Virginia, so he was a Washington fan. So he said, I cannot. Can't be the Cowboys. I can't root for the Cowboys. I like the Rangers, and they, you know, it's great they won the World Series. You didn't go, have baseball in Washington. I go probably. to a few games, but no, I'm not there. It's and Dallas, huh? The Stars are cool and such, but I've been a season ticket holder to the Mavs. Yeah, I, was just, for, I mean, when I say Dallas, it was the Mavs. Huh? Yeah, and he says, I, I enjoy the Mavs. It's fun. You know, they're usually good and, you know, actually knows Mark Cuban. And so it's 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 been a it's, – that's his thing. That's what he likes to do. And, and I go, well, you got Luca. I go, why is Luca fat? He goes, I don't know, but he's a great player, you know. I mean, I'll tell you who's just crazy. If this guy would just actually commit, obviously he never will, and that's Kyrie. We talked about this the other day before he yeah, got yeah, here. Yeah. Kyrie, when he wants to, is still special. Oh, yeah. But he just doesn't want to. He's not committed at all. It's a terrible person to add to your team. It's not so much that he's a detriment. It's just he's never the additive that you expect. He's his own worst enemy. You see what I mean? It's not that bringing Kyrie makes you worse. It's that you don't get to be the good you, you thought like, you were going to be because he, for whatever reason, You feel like if he play. was committed to just hoops like yes. like the great ones like LeBron and Jordan and right. he could be up there like yeah. Isaiah. Right. You know, he'd be like Zeke. Right. Like Zeke was pound for pound a great player, man. He was. I mean, he, was. he had games in the finals where he scored what like 18 points in a row against the Lakers. I mean, just moments that he won championships. You feel like Kyrie got that one in Cleveland as the sidekick, but he hit such a big shot against Golden State. Nobody's made more of a shot. Because I will say this, Kyrie is, and this it's fair to say this now, uh-huh. eight years after all the – way overrated, Kyrie. What do you mean? He's way overrated. He rode that shot. He has oh, gone oh, oh. to be the alpha dog now to three different places, yeah. and they can't make the playoffs well, in half of them. I don't know that he went to be the alpha dog in, in Boston. In he did. Brooklyn. I think he did. Well, KD was. Uh, KD was there. KD has got KD. a burner. Who in the league thinks KD's an alpha dog? Seriously. Everybody. As a player, they all do. Yeah. As a player. He's ninth yeah. all-time in scoring. You think that KD was the leader of that team? You Absolutely. think KD is the leader on his teams? Yeah, on every oh, wow. team, man. Uh, really? even, even when he went to Golden State, no. Steph kind of took a backseat oh, to KD. No, 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 no. I think so. No, 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 no. Well, I don't think KD no. liked the— Draymond Green, first of all, is the leader of that team. KD would think, be third. I don't think uh, KD liked the sort of insinuation that he wasn't the guy in Golden State. I think it bothered him. But, I mean, KD—listen, KD is KD, and until, you know, and Phoenix—what's Phoenix, like sixth overall? They, you know, we all thought they were going to be a super team. That's— Phoenix is trying to be a super team. It'll be great to see who who emerges out of the West. Will it be Minnesota? Will it be Oklahoma City? Will it be Denver? Will it be the Clippers? Who's the best team? I can and trust me, don't 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 twist what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. As a talent, KD obviously 100 percent off a top five player. That's He's another weird about. dude. I'm talking about a guy who is yeah. LeBron to his team, who is you know uh, uh, Jokic to his. Who, well, let me ask you a question. Yeah, and I don't know how it works as compared to the NFL, but 
you're you and E are in the um in the room and it's it's Hall of Fame time. Okay. Right? In ten years. Mm-hmm. And you and E are sitting there and uh uh you need three guys to go in again. I don't know okay. how exactly okay. it works. And Kyrie's name comes up. No way. Nowhere near Hall of Famer. What? Not even close. E? Yeah, I gotta agree with Jeff. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Not he, a Hall of Famer. Hall of Fame no. talent, but not enough accolades. Okay. Uh, gosh, Jeff. He. Uh, I'll play devil's advocate then, just because okay. I, th- well, I, th- I, I don't think it's a slam dunk. And who are no. the other guys too now? I uh, mean, he came into the league. Well, it doesn't matter. Okay. Is he a Hall of Famer? Yeah. To me, question. he's not. Uh, gosh, Jeff. He came into the league at 19. Uh, he won a world championship with Cleveland. Hit one of the most important shots in. Well, the most important shot, as great as LeBron was, he hit the most important shot. So did John Paxson. Franchise's (laughs) history. Um, He his statistics are through the roof. I'll I'll throw all those and you know those NBA Elias stats and stuff. He's the only guard who Uh, ever on three. You know, first signature shoe since Kobe's first or first signature shoe point guard since Penny. Oh, yeah. Uh, scored 27.4 one year, 26.9, 27.4, 27.1, 27.1, 27.0. That's not good enough? Yeah, give me the game totals on those years. Let's, let's get apples to mean? apples. What do you mean? Was he playing 82 games, scored 27? <laughs> or did he play 17 <laughs> games, scored 27? Okay, okay. 36 games, scored 27. Okay. 41 games, scored 27. Which one is it? Okay. So that, I would have to ask you that question. Kyrie is an unreliable fruitcake of a teammate who will never be on a winning team that doesn't have LeBron. It took LeBron's total seriousness to overcome a guy who thinks the dinosaurs didn't come and that the earth is flat. Uh, Eight NBA All-Star games, All-Star game MVP, um, rookie of the year, three-point champion. Hey. No? No. I don't know. Not man. a Hall of Famer. How you say all that? Man, I didn't realize he had all that. Yeah. But also, the but NBA All-Star, a lot of that is dictated on, like, personality and, like, the fans and who likes you. We all right, let me get – all right, hold on. 29.6, 25.3, 28.4, 26.2, 26.4. And in those five years, no NBA players had more assists than this guy. Is Trey Young a Hall of Famer? Yeah, he's – no. There you go. Which is a good – Yeah. Yeah, but, I mean, but the stats Kyrie's the got NBA. a ring. He's got a, Le- a ring because he played on LeBron's team. <laughs> I mean, that's a fact. He's played everywhere else. He had a great shot. He's a good player. Okay. Pippen. He's Pippen to hey, LeBron. Pip, Pip, so Pippen's a better player LeBron. overall. Pippen's yeah. top 50 all time. No, I'm just saying to what well, he didn't win without Jordan. Okay, what if okay. Kyrie wasn't weirdo? Yeah, it would help. <laughs> would he be in the Hall of Fame? The reason his weirdo has kept him from playing. It's not weird like, oh, no, God, I I'm not going to take a guy with a weird personality. Yeah, it's not the flat earth no. thing. It's the fact right. that, oh, why are you sitting out today? Correct. Because I got a party yeah. this weekend. I need three days off. Correct. Yeah. He probably, yeah, he probably would be a Hall of Famer. Yeah, if it wasn't for all that off, yeah, off the Yeah, I think that stuff. matters. All right. I Do you think it'll be, too, is it, is it, how old is Kyrie now, would you say? Is 31? It 31. Is it too late to resuscitate? I, I guess. I'm just guessing. It is 31. Oh. Is it too late to resuscitate? No, he's nah. good. Uh-huh. Yeah, he's like, good. Like, what if he just all of a sudden in the next five years became a basketball guy? It won't matter. It's Luka, bro. Guy. It's Luka now. He'd be, he'd, be, he'd be appreciated for finally, when 90% of the time he doesn't, for showing up and helping out. Yeah. I think that's what, what it would be. Right. I was just Because that's not what he does. Because he's, you sit here and tell me all the time, gosh, if he was, it's so amazing. He's he so is, good. He, he can be. I hear you. Yeah, he can I be. And again, he's got averaging 25.7 this year. Here's the problem. They played 54 games. He's played 35. 
You know, mm-hmm. the dude doesn't play. He's not no, available. Yeah, yeah. And he sits out for terrible reasons. That's to go thing. to birthday parties. Yeah, or because his feelings are hurt. So, um, and it, I love watching him. When dude is right feeling, and trying, he's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, and 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 the, the, and by the way, those trade numbers I gave you, he was getting them a lot sooner in his career than Kyrie was. Uh, e, can I quickly have pop quiz music? You both can play this game. You NBA, okay. NBA so and sos. I need the top five all time. Three-point shooting percentage leaders in the history of the association. Top five all-time three-point. You got a minimum. Uh, like, like, minimum games played is of these five. There has to. There is a minimum here. I don't know. Oh, minimum two hundred fifty three-point field goals made. I'm gonna go Grayson Allen. Grayson Allen is a nice guess, but it's incorrect. He's fifty percent this year. That's why I threw yeah, that. No, in there. he is. Uh, he's he's in the top like twenty-five. Forty-one point one percent all time. What's the number one? What's the number? Is it Corver? Forty-five point four. Is he on? Uh, he got to be on the list. He's not. Oh, Kyle the Corver problem is, is one, guys, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. The problem is guys that you think are great shooters aren't. Like, like this year. Grace now is twenty-two. By the way, for okay. twenty-two and ten, you've gotten. I need top five. Okay. Because I'll give you an this ex- guy. I'll give you a clue about the number like, one guy. Like Steph Curry, like this year is not not top. 30, probably, in percentage. His brother might be up there, though. Oh, yeah. He was one that hit a bunch. Yeah. He? Craig Hodges was another one. He used to hit a lot of threes. How far does this go since the three-point line was introduced? I guess. Craig Hodges? Dale uh, Ellis? Ray Allen? Ray Allen got to be on there. Nope. Yeah, oh, my we, goodness. We're getting, we're getting bulk, guys. We're not getting... This guy played 910 games. Uh, he made 726 three-point field goals. Uh, and he shot 45.4 from behind the arc. In his career? Mm-hmm. Mm. Now, yeah, I, I get to see that describes all the guys I just rattled off. Right. Yeah. To me. Yeah. Um. Well, give me an era. I mean, we're going to need a lot of help him. Yeah. A lot of help. Uh, a lot of help. Yeah. He's a coach in the NBA. A coach in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Um, Greatest three-point shooter of all time, percentage-wise. They all we all know that Steph is one, two, three, four, five, like six, seven, Tyron eight, Lou nine, ten, eleven. Steph Curry's twelfth, and he has made three thousand six hundred and fifty-two, which dwarfs everybody, including Kyle Korver, who's tenth, who's made more than a thousand less. So, oh, uh, I know who the coach is. Mm-hmm. It's um, Steve Kerr. Steve Kerr, oh. number one all time. Really? Yep. Fifty percent, you said. Of uh, forty-five point four, made seven hundred and twenty-six of them. The next, well, guy, I'm going to go with a guy who I love on TV. Guy. How about legs? Tim Legler is he top five? No, but he's close. Ah. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. The next guy is also a coach, but he's not a coach in the NBA. Ooh. What about Allen Houston? Does he show up anywhere or no? Nope. Um. This guy's a coach of a power five. Did we say, can we say Seth Curry? Oh, a power five. Oh, you can say Seth Curry. You haven't guessed him. Okay, Seth Curry. We talked about him. Mm-hmm. Is he in the top five? He's seventh. 
Ah, it seems like we've had seventh for about ten so guys. So say coach and not a in coach the NBA. Yeah, seven and eight. Power five. Power five. Yeah, forty-four percent. Damon made, made Stoudemire two, made no? two more than Kerr. What about Damon Stoudemire? He guess no. I don't know. He's no. at Georgia Tech. I'm trying to think of uh, Billy Donovan. Oh, he's in the. Um, hey, this guy played for the Knicks. Power five played yeah. for. Oh, um, Allen Houston, not a coach somewhere, is yeah. he? Um, oh. Um, is this guy that good of a three? The uh, the the play uh, the uh, Hubert Davis. Hubert Davis. He's in the top five. Second. Wow. Wow, that is surprising. There's a Luke guy- Kennard is third. I was going to say Drazen I- Petrovic is fourth. He only made two hundred fifty-five, and Joe Harris is fifth. Shooting percentage-wise, wow. Capono six, Curry, Legler, Novak, Corver, Nash, Steph Curry, B.J. Armstrong. Sam Hauser, Wesley Person, Desmond Bain, Anthony Morrow, J.J. Redick, Matt Bonner, Clay Thompson, Dana Barrows, Grayson Allen, Doug McDermott, Michael Porter Jr., and Bryn Forbes. E, they say white men can't jump. <laughs> white man can shoot. But our culture can shoot. Eight of the top ten. Okay? Eight of the top ten. You have fun at your slam dunk. Oh, I'm sorry. We won that, too. <laughs> this is so thrilled. It's the Monday morning quarterback. Man, I, yeah, you know, I'm about, like, taking yeah. in all sides of an argument, but... Mm-hmm. Kind of mic drop this whole Kyrie nonsense, man. There's no middle ground. Kyrie doesn't suck. Kyrie's what I said he was, a good player. He ain't what y'all say is on the top, and he ain't what y'all say on the bottom. Kyrie's best year in four years before LeBron came back to Cleveland. His best year, Uh 24. Uh, Who are you responding to? No, in general. Oh. There's not just one. There are no. many that say I'm talking about him winning the the, the finals. Oh, okay. And and so nice. there's been this this thing has been said more than once that LeBron didn't win without Kyrie. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. He also didn't win without get you know Kevin Love or whoever. But he, the bottom line is this: the best year for Kyrie without LeBron, the three four years before he got there, twenty four and fifty eight. Okay, that ain't an alpha dog. Okay, that's a dog. Right. See what's trending. Brought to you by Pet Paradise. Trending as oh, e. a, a one, number one. You got it. Pet Paradise. PetParadise.com. Uh, before he jumps in, just a quick note, because we're getting combine stuff in. Marvin Harrison Jr., who will be drafted top five probably, is going to do it a bit differently. No agent. No testing at the combine. Probably nothing at pro day. You want me? Take me. Um. Okay. In fact, he's right now, they said he's in Columbus smoking heaters and drinking beers. Oh, man. No, I'm just kidding. I wonder, I wonder, does it hurt him? I wonder, does it hurt him? Or do you just, uh, here's what you do. You find Marvin Harrison on Uh one of his straightaway Uh receptions last year and put the clock on him and see what he runs. Yeah. Yeah. Right? How hard is it? Yeah. All righty, have at it, my friend. Number five. Gentlemen, if I, if I call cap, if I say you're capping right now, what am I saying right now? That means you're lying. You're lying. Okay, good job. Tom, I, thought, I thought it meant you were shooting. No, no. I okay. Said, <laughs> it could be. Busted the cap. You said put a cap in your ass. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Okay. Well, Tom Brady is calling cap on something. Okay. Well, TMZ basically reported that Giselle Boonchin uh-huh. didn't start dating Hakeem, who was her yeah, the oh, she, was, she was cheating on him with Tom. She says that she didn't start dating him until June mm-hmm. of 2022. That's what lying watches do, though. Well, that's what Brady's calling cap on that. Yeah, good. He should. I mean, she, <laughs> oh, she Brady's saying dirty. she's lying? Yeah. yeah she, cause oh. she's, so she's, I, I try to tell you this all along. You wouldn't, yeah, you wouldn't believe did. me. Yeah, Jeff did. He did. Yeah. <laughs> so just like and my daughter gave me a talking to yesterday about Taylor Swift. She's all on I me. Mean, I'm up and down on Taylor Swift, so I can't stay in the good graces of my daughter. Yeah. 
You know, but I'm right about that one too. Yeah, Travis Kelsey loves Taylor Swift. Mm-hmm. Taylor Swift don't love Travis Kelsey. <laughs> She's having some fun. Number four. She likes putting down some rules. She likes changing. Yes, she does. She likes to change them. Uh, Alex Rodriguez was trending all weekend. <laughs> what he do? Oh, his tan. Oh, this man got a t- Oh, man. Oh, dear. They call it the reverse Sammy Sosa, some people did. <laughs> Remember when Sammy Sosa went <laughs> left the league black and came back? <laughs> Why, not white, like white out white. Yeah. Like somebody painted him. Uh, well, Alex Rodriguez is responding to, uh, to social media. He says, relax. I fell asleep in the sun and I'm Dominican. Yeah, I, and that's true. He will brown up a little different than most. But, I mean, I'm assuming that he's also fallen asleep in the sun. He's not. He doesn't look all that dark to me. He looks like a Dominican who fell asleep in the sun. So, yeah, whatever. <laughs> I, I guess you can make a thing of it. But he was, uh, I mean, it's not like I when I got, when I was told, check that out, I expected to log on and see E.T. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. Right? And that's not what I saw. Yeah. Number three. Oh. Oh. Scotty Pippen. Oh, no. Horace Grant. Oh, dear. And Luke Longley. Oh, the other side. You know what they got planned? Oh, they're going full out. Oh, they're going on tour. The No Bull Tour, where the three will be touring in uh, Australia. And they're going to tell their side of the story of how it was with playing with Michael Jordan. Okay. Well, you know what it better be? It all better be. Guess what? We wouldn't be here without Michael Jordan. (laughs) You see what I'm saying? The No Bull Tour would be the No Title Tour if it weren't for Michael Jordan. So yeah. I hope they remember that as they mosey along. Why are they doing it in Australia? Yeah, well, Luke a... Longley's from Australia. Oh. Well, why aren't they doing it in the States? Because they push back on whatever nonsense these guys are going to try and spew that has them as some sort of equal part champion. I guess. Yeah. Number three. Yeah, I've got to jump in. I've got to tell the tale of Flacco. Hold on. Let me hit you with right here. Number okay. two. Go ahead. Thank you. Flacco, our... Our Eurasian eagle owl has passed. Um, A Eurasian eagle owl. What happened was a year ago, (laughs) a year ago, some vandals went into the Central Park Zoo. And they they cut the wires and they freed Flacco. Be free, Flacco. Go, Flacco, go. And so New York City said, This is kind of like Joe Flacco and the Jets. They freed him. He landed in (laughs) Cleveland. And, And New York City said, This is great. Flacco is free. Flacco's flying around. He'd be spotted at different places. Everybody's like, Flacco's our bird. He's a New York City bird. He's We love Flacco. Everybody loves Flacco. They He'd be spotted. There'd be pictures, right? It's a feel-good tale. And it lasted, oh gosh, for about a year until he, well, flew into an Upper West Side building and died. So maybe oh. Flacco oh shouldn't have been free. Maybe Flacco should have stayed yeah. in the zoo and lived a happy life. Oh, the good news, one less bird. Yeah. Well, Flacco the bird. owl is, is gone. Birds are, yeah. What about these lunatics that say he birds are government drones and birds aren't real? Have you seen that one yet? Oh, no. Birdsaren'treal.com. Do a okay. little research on that one. Yeah. Number Which one. Which is patently dumb, like a flat earth or no dinosaurs. Right into the wall. Boom. And the number one trending story, uh, I get, you two, y'all didn't have to deal with this because I'm no. guessing y'all don't have AT&T. No. I do have but AT&T. I, oh, you yeah. Have, yeah. But, but I'm my, excited but, about your $5 rebate that you're getting. Oh, man. Well, my, I never lost service. You didn't lose service. Yeah, that was the day we were at the remote. Yeah, I was down bad. Are you AT&T? You yeah, I'm AT&T. I yeah, was down. I, is that why you time, didn't call like, me back, E? Yeah, I couldn't call you, bro. Okay. More than a day? or It was for majority of the day. It was for majority of the day. And so basically, for those of you who don't know, there was a huge outage um, that uh, affected about 30,000 AT&T users and subscribers. Probably well, more than 30,000. Probably. Like 300 million. Yeah. It is a lot of people. A lot of folks. And um, so AT&T is going to correct that by crediting <laughs> a whopping $5 to everyone's account. 
Oh, Mind you, all the business that could have been lost by all these AT&T users who, who have multiple lines and uh, multiple business lines lost a lot of money. Well, AT&T is going to credit you $5 per $5. line. $5. Per line. I'll let you be. I, I saw a stat great. that I have not vetted, but man, this is crazy. This may be the most unbelievable stat you hear this year. Okay. 32 teams in the league, Dan. Since 2022, how many of the 32 teams in the league have replaced their offensive coordinator? Since when? Since 2022. How many of the 32 teams in the league uh-huh. since the starting with 2022? So 2022, 2023. The last and now into 2024. More than half. Yeah, more than half. Okay, yeah. that's good. Now, would you like to take another guess? Uh, is it more than three out of four? Is it more than 75%? Um... Uh, the answer is every one of them. Every single team in the NFL has replaced its offensive coordinator in the last three years. Every slap, one of them. Oh dear. Now is that a stat that'll stick with you? I'll stick to your ribs. That stat. Yeah. Stat of the day material. That's what's trending. Wish it's, you would have run that by me. Well, you know, I some of the <laughs> some of those things I don't know that I take offense at. Okay. From the music bets. All right. Uh, this is the drill. That's what's trending. It's brought to you each and every day by Pet Paradise. Uh, gang, trust me on this. When it comes time this summer to, you know, make sure your pet's taken care of, whether it's, you know, uh, play dates, um, short-term boarding, long-term boarding, airport location open 24-7. They have eight or nine locations around town. There's one near you. They're all over the southeast. Pet Paradise has changed the game, so don't settle for the imitators. Go with the innovator. That's Pet Paradise. And find out more at PetParadise.com. Now, the two-minute drill brought to you by Tire Outlet. Tire Outlet is now hiring. Visit tireoutlet.com slash careers. Equal opportunity employer. Clock is ticking down on the Monday edition of The Drill, but fret not. Jaguars today ready to roll. Good morning, Tony. Good morning. What's cooking on a Monday for you guys? Combine week, buddy. Yeah, we'll uh, check in with Frank Frangie, who's Mm -hmm. on his way up to the Combine. Mm -hmm. I think later today the crew's heading up there. He and Hayes and Mia, I think, is the 1010XL crew for the Combine this year. So uh, we'll get his thoughts as they get ready for the, the trip up there to Indianapolis, the annual everyone get together in the NFL meeting where news will finally start coming out about where some of these guys might be expected to land here in a couple of weeks in free agency and what it all whatever the talk is about Calvin Ridley is going to be interesting right for the next few days up there at the NFL combine and our question of the day today asking do you think the extra 13 million in salary cap space Mm -hmm. makes it more or less likely the Jaguars will be able to keep both Josh Allen and Calvin Ridley, or will it not have a big impact either way? Those are the options we have in the poll. I used to always get really like optimistic and excited when I saw the salary cap would go up because it would mean you'd have more money to spend. But then you sure. realize it goes up for everyone. It's Everyone's all just, got it. it's yeah. all you know in, tied together. You're gonna just pay that much more. So I, I don't uh, don't know if it would. I think they're both gonna be on the team. Okay. I do. I okay. mean, with or without. I hope so. Cap, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, we got a, a lot of work to do. Uh, Josh Allen is like a, like a just oh, yeah. a million Josh percent no-brainer. Is there anyone Josh who Allen's thinks Josh here. Allen won't be on the team? Uh, I haven't talked yeah, to anyone yeah. yet who Have thinks Have you seen that. the rumors about Daniil Hunter, though? Yeah. They continue to be. They keep attaching to the Jags, too. Now, it, yeah. would that be a, well, we'll let Josh go and sign Daniil, or would that be, we'll pair the two? <sighs> Gosh, why would you? Why would you let a twenty-six-year-old with seven? Twenty-nine. Yeah, it makes no sense. I'm yeah. just asking the question. I don't know. Josh, they, there's persistent rumors out there in the NFL. Nether Daniel Hunter. That I, well, then you know what? You should have got a deal done at the trade deadline. 
right? I don't know why you didn't. You ended up with Ezra Cleveland. That's not Daniel Hunter. What do you right? think, Tony? Minnesota was still fighting for a playoff spot yeah. at that point. Yeah. They might yeah. not have been, hey, let's trade our best defensive player. I get player it, but they knew point. he was, you know, he's kind of been up and down with them for a while. All right. Um, nice catch right there. All right. Thank you. Uh, Jaguars today is coming up next. Thanks, Tony. That'll Thank do it you. to it for our Monday edition, the Monday morning quarterback divorcement only.com. Have a uh, terrific 20 hours. We'll see you tomorrow morning.